You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians Network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. The Boss Hog of Liberty podcast is the latest hit on the We Are Libertarians Network. Each week, Jeremiah Morrill and Dakota Davis explore life in Henry County, Indiana. It's a show about our circle of friends, public officials, and our experiences. 80% observation, life, humor, and 20% politics. Boss Hog of Liberty is the day-to-day happenings of Henry County, Indiana, which is just like your community. Add us on iTunes and sample us today. Dear Leader would want you to. Hey there, Liberty lovers. This is Mark Clare of the Lions of Liberty podcast, where we strive to bring you great conversations about the ideas of liberty three days a week, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Check us out at lionsofliberty.com. Hey guys, this is Roger Paxton. And if you're fed up with the government running every single aspect of your life, but you're not listening to the Lava Flow podcast yet, then what's wrong with you? Check us out at thelavaflow.com or just go back to sucking up to the government. The Lava Flow Podcast, striking the root every single episode. Hey, Liberty Rockers, this is Johnny Rocket from the Johnny Rocket Launchpad. Each week, I strive to bring you the best guests in talk radio. The Johnny Rocket Launchpad delivers weekly interviews of noteworthy politicians, economists, and activists. The Johnny Rocket Launchpad is bringing the party to the Libertarian Party and launching ideas in your direction. Check it out at johnnyrocketlaunchpad.com or find us on iTunes. Each show is action-packed, explicit, and a lot of fun. So join me at johnnyrocketlaunchpad.com every week for the newest episode. Keep liberty alive and rock and roll. Welcome to We Are Libertarians. I'm your host, Chris Spangle. We bring you all of the irreverence modern politics deserves while putting people before political parties. We examine current events from a libertarian perspective with the goal of leaving you better informed. Please be sure to rate and review us on iTunes, like us on Facebook, and subscribe at Patreon at WeAreLibertarians.com. In exchange for supporting our program, we give you all kinds of bonus content and free stuff. This show is crowdsourced, so you can send us news with the hashtag WALnews at our Facebook or Discord channel. Uh, find those at WeAreLibertarians.com. We're always taking your questions and comments via email at editor at WeAreLibertarians.com. Please be warned. This show is raw, unedited, and authentic, so the language is sometimes strong and offensive. Okay, all right, we have uh, a lot going on tonight. This is, this is a, a, what you would call a rebuilding show. Uh, we, we've done a lot of... We've completely redesigned the studio. The voice you hear is Harry Price. Hi, hi, hi. Harry, how are you? Going good, and I love the new redesign. Yes, I. it was your idea. You said, why don't you just move the table this way? Mm-hmm. And it really made a difference. So you can go check that out and see what it looks like at uh, the YouTube channel. Please go subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're trying to get to a 1,000 subscriptions so we can start monetizing. Uh, and obviously getting demonetized. <laughs> Basically, I want you to get, get us to a thousand so we can then get demonetized so I can pitch about it somewhere. 
Yeah. Uh, is really why I want want that to happen. But we have a lot more than just a studio redesign happening. Don't uh, forget when you subscribe, hit the bell for notifications so you actually get notification on YouTube. Yeah. You don't hit the bell. YouTube doesn't send you notifications. You only see the notification if you go in your subscription tab. Yes. So if you want to see notifications when there's a new video that pops up or when we go live, you hit the bell. So if you want to see when the Brian Nichols show gets posted, Low-Key Wall, or any, any other show that gets posted on the YouTube page, you have to hit the bell. All right. So uh, not just that. We have, we're, we have the ability. Oh, shows. We have the ability to take phone calls tonight. So we basically we use something called Radio.co. And Radio.co is a 24-7, it's a radio station uh, app, basically, that I pay for. And I've put all of the back episodes in there, and it's just a 24-7 stream of We Are Libertarians Live. Now, you can listen on the front page of WeAreLibertarians.com. You can listen on TuneIn Radio. You can listen in, in uh, the iTunes app on your desktop, in the radio section, in the talk section. Uh, and now you can listen on an Android and an iOS app. So if you go to those, you know, those stores and type in "We Are Libertarians," we pop up. You can also search for Chris Spangle. I think I'm the developer uh, somehow. But so what I what I tried to do is as the ability for organic reach on Facebook and the ability to get found through search engines is starting to wane. One one strategy that I'm trying to get to grow the show is to put us on as many platforms as possible. And something like an iOS store, for instance, for your apps, there aren't a lot of options for libertarians, so when people go and search libertarian, they can find us, they can listen to the podcast, have an awareness. But one of the cool features of this is that you can listen live when we start broadcasting. So uh, we had some donated computers... Mm-hmm. And uh, I <laughs> I set those I set one up and I've been playing with this for approximately forty two minutes and uh, but I've been I've been putting in the studio reinstall I b- installed this computer so we could take some phone calls so people are listening right now live on the iOS and Android app what are you looking all can you just set it up I I did I did the setting up on you 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 I, took I, some I, software. <laughs> <laughs> you reset some things. Uh, uh, so we are taking phone calls. If you're listening far in the future, you cannot call in 317-699-7236. Yes, 699-7236. You can call in. We've already got people on the line uh, waiting to talk. And, of course, my cat. I'm 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 not irritable. I'm just busy, and I don't have time for my cat to come and push in my face. Now, the reason we are able to take phone calls, it costs it costs uh, approximately, if we want to take phone calls, around 60 bucks a month for us to do that. Uh, so the way that I was able to get it set up is I sold a sponsorship, and Zach Kincaid called in, and uh, or he wrote in via the Facebook Messenger and said, hey, I'm a, I'm a musician, I love the show, I want to sponsor you guys, uh, what do you charge for a spot? And uh, I said, what's your budget? And uh, he said this, and I said, well, that's a lot less than we normally charge for an advertisement, but you're in luck. I like money. And so Zach, by sponsoring this episode, has bought the We Are Libertarians audience and hosts the ability to take phone calls whenever we want. We will not do this every episode. We, we I just, I don't like phone calls in general as mm-hmm. as like part 
as part of the program, it's kind of fun to talk to the audience, and especially in this day and age, like I'm getting to a point, and I don't know, I don't know about you, Harry, but I'm at a point as a broadcaster where I just like I'm a libertarian. I want people to be libertarian, but I'm done talking to everybody but my audience. Like I, for the first four years, I did this show for me. Mm-hmm. I did this show. We did the show for ourselves, and that was so much fun. And then we started to get popular, so we started to do the show for anybody who would listen. Right. That was okay. <laughs> and uh, you get to a certain point where you go, you know what? We're big enough to now where we can just talk. I just want to talk to the audience. Yeah. I just want to talk to the community that we've built, the like-minded people. I'm tired of arguing with people on social media. It doesn't do any good. Studies show that talking to people about politics on social media doesn't do dick. These platforms don't want us there. So I want to use the platforms that we've built to talk to each other and build community. We told you about the Facebook mm-hmm. groups in the last episode. Go to the, you know, but I'm also looking at how can we how can we engage and connect with each other in a post-social world? Uh, because of the news that we'll kind of talk about in this episode. But so phone calls, I think, is really uh, a fun way for you guys to hear the kind of stuff that I read. So I get a lot of messages and I get a lot of contact from you guys. And you guys don't often get to hear what other people are saying. And I think it can make you feel alone. So one of the ways that we're going to to curb that is by taking phone calls. But I do believe in broadcasting. I've been in radio since 2004. Taking phone calls is lazy radio, and I don't ever try to do a lazy program, but I do think it's an important part of a broadcast, and so that's why I'm kind of excited to test this out. You know, if it doesn't work and we don't enjoy this as an, as a, you as a listener and me as a host, I won't pay the 60 bucks. Yeah. But that's the kind of stuff that when you donate via Patreon or you subscribe – when you subscribe via Patreon, I mean, or when you advertise on this show, uh, that's – where the money goes, I'm able to do more stuff. I'm able to broadcast the show live. I'm able to put us on mobile apps. I'm able to take phone calls. I'm able to build new networks for us and ways for us to talk to each other as libertarians, as libertarians who are, we are libertarians, libertarians, mm-hmm. you know, because we're very different than other libertarians. Yep. Uh, so thank you. If you're listening, 317-699-7236. So that advertiser that I told you about, Zach Kincaid, uh, has a song that he wants you to hear. And he is a musician, he is a libertarian musician, and he wrote a song called No More. And he wrote me this that I want to read to you. Uh, Dear Leader, I'm a country and western songwriter from Northern California with strong libertarian leanings. You know, one of those dirty Rothbard reading anarchists. Ew, gross, Zach. Um, War is one of the most important issues to me, and I felt like the anti-war message has been missing from pop culture, so I decided to write a protest song. Knowing that Ron Paul received the most donations from active military and veterans, and also having quite a few conversations with uh, uh, GWOT veterans. What does that mean? GWOT veterans. I apologize, Zach. I don't know what that means, but uh, I, I probably shouldn't have pointed out that I don't know what that means. I realized that they had no representation in music. As a thank you for your show, I made a special acoustic version of my protest song, No More, available to your listeners, which they can find at rotgutcountry.com slash W-A-L. 
Now, I will put this in the show notes, front and center. And uh, he says, to follow him and my voice, like a well drink in a dive bar, at rotgutcountry.com and on social media at rotgutcountry. On uh, all social media, R-O-T-G-U-T, country. So let's take a listen to the song. It's 30 seconds, and uh, we'll be right back after you uh, go for. Thank you, Stone. Go for. Uh, let's take a listen to No More by Zach Kincaid. It doesn't matter at all who's the president. It's the money we lost and the lives we spent. It's time to bring the truth back home. Can't keep going down this road. What's up? Yeah, well, I'm talking. Is that what you wanted? But um, <laughs> there. No, I, I, uh, I had to go grab something. So thank you to Zach Kincaid for joining us as a sponsor on this episode of We Are Libertarians. And nobody can hear me. <laughs> yeah, because I was just like, "What are you going to talk? You hit, you hit the mic mute button." This is the kind of stuff that we edit out for uh, for certain things. But if you catch it live, you hear all the uh, the blooper reel. Uh, so thank yeah. you. Thank you to Zach Kincaid for sponsoring this episode of We Are Libertarians and providing us the ability to take phone calls. Mm -hmm. uh, we have so many things to talk about. I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven topics that we could talk about tonight. Obviously, we're not going to get through all of them, but we're going to try. So, yep, because I only prep one. Sh Article for uh, Loki Wall tomorrow because let's see how many we go through. Yeah, you can you can take I'm these with cannibalize. You. I think that it's only it's only right. You know, we have four people who subscribe at a hundred dollars a month, and you know the those those four people make up a big chunk of our ability to do business. I was mm -hmm. I was talking to some people today about my costs. It's it's well north of five hundred dollars, almost a thousand a month, uh, in the various things that this costs. And so so those four people, Brandon Luke, Christy Avery, Jason Doolittle, and Craig DaCosta, are very near and dear to my heart, as are all 100 and I think like five patrons. So you guys are, you guys are so awesome mm -hmm. to us. But I think if we're going to take a phone call, our first phone call should be from Christy Avery. What do you think? Oh, yes. Oh, definitely. All right. Christy, let's see how this works. Christy, how are you doing? I'm okay. How are you? I'm doing really well. Thanks for being our first caller here on We Are Libertarians. Yay! I made history. Now, Christy is an enormous Weird Al fan. How many times have you met Weird Al? <laughs> I don't even know. You got to meet him again this past week. This, uh, last night? Last night? Yeah, it was last Monday night. night. Yeah. Monday. Okay. Monday night, yes. I apologize. I'm glad I don't, you guys are keeping track. Listen, I don't know what I did last night. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't because when I saw yeah when I saw your photos pushed, uh, I started to tease uh, niece with a bunch of accordion um, photos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently oh, niece. you are being you are being heard heard loud and clear. So, Christy Avery, what do you have to say here on the We Are Libertarians program? I love you guys, and you do a great job, and I appreciate everything you do. Except for when you don't do stuff that I ask you to do. <laughs> I'm not going to put on the damn crown when I'm having a good hair day, okay? <laughs> now, 
You know what? Your, your hair looks good today, too. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Christy has also has the honor of being the first person hung up Wait. on. On we- Yes, Christy. <laughs> oh! Dave? What? No, he didn't shave. He, he did shaved? this trim thing that's worse. Uh, no, I had oh an... A- there was an incident. I tried to trim my beard. Oh, no. I used the I used the one because I didn't realize how thick it was, and so it's a little too thin. I'm I'm half a man with with half a beard now. So so all right, Christy, thanks for calling in, and we appreciate it. All right, I love you guys. Bye. Bye. Is that the one that did that? Yeah, that's a one on the sides, and then I used a two in the goatee because it grows th- it grows uh, less quickly. Yeah, when you get it back out, man. Next time, just use your machete. <laughs> All right, let's take our our next phone call. Uh, I, it doesn't really say who these are, who these people are, but this is an Indiana call, so we're going to take them next. Uh, let's see who's here on the We Are Libertarians program. Is that me? Yeah, that's you. Hey, it's Brant. Hey, Brant, how are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing great. What do you have to What do you have to say here on the big program? Um, well, I wanted to tell Christy to quit stealing my ducks. Um. <laughs> so, all right, let me explain that. Uh, Brant, Christy, Rick, and I are in the Discord channel, and there's something called the Duck Hunt channel, and basically you can play Duck Hunt, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, I tried to level the playing field, and I accidentally gave someone 20,000 points instead of 2,000 points this week. So, mm-hmm. n- But mm-hmm. number two... Number two in the game, number one in our hearts is Brantley Spicer. Brant, uh, I can't help you with Christy. There's no helping <laughs> with her. Well, I'm blitzkrieging my way to the top anyway, so. All right, so I'll what's. Get to that 20, so what's grinding your gears? Um, well, I was just wanting to, you know, help pass the lines and, you know, listen to the show on the We Are Libertarians app. Uh, while I'm also on the Discord, um, and everything just you know, just letting you know everything sounds good. Thank you. We've we've officially taken over your life. <laughs> officially, yes. All right, thanks, Brantley. We appreciate you calling in here on We Are Libertarians. Thank you. All right, let's take our our next call before we jump into stories. No idea who this is. You're here on you're on We Are Libertarians. What's your name? Me? Yes, that's you. <laughs> it's Carly. Hi, Carly. It's Carly, how are y'all? I'm doing great. You're in Texas or Oklahoma or where the hell are you? Uh, I'm currently on the Texas border, almost into Louisiana, but this is my work phone, so it's a Texas number. Okay, all right. Yeah, it's a little rough. So is there anything you'd like to say to the I'm audience? I know. We've never we've never met Carly, but Carly is like she's like you're my only friends because I drive 18 hours a week. Oh, it's more than that. I've been in the car since six o'clock this morning. Oh wow! Oh wow! Oh. How many times have you? Yeah. How many times have you listened through the We Are Libertarians catalog? Uh, I've listened to the whole thing about, just once through, but I listened to a lot. All the different, all the different things, and I love Miranda. And then I listen, go back and listen to all my favorite episodes. So awesome! Well, we appreciate you 
listening to We Are Libertarians. And Carly, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Y'all have fun tonight. Bye. Bye. <laughs> All right. Yes, Carly is the wall mom, uh, Stone says. Uh, so here's how the phone calls are going to work. We just wanted to test the lines, talk to some of our favorite people. But uh, when you call in, you're going to uh, hear a little click, and then you will. I will ask for your name, and then jump right in. Just start giving your thoughts on the subject that we're talking about. So we are going to talk a lot about a lot of different things. So Harry, we've got. Uh, I'm going to let you. Let me give you a little preview of the things we've got to talk about, and then you choose first. Okay. Um, Mark Zuckerberg wants to regulate Facebook. Our minds are being hijacked. YouTube shuts down gun instructional videos. Mm -hmm. Sessions bans bump stocks. The Facebook team helping regimes fight their opposition. Uh, Former Chief Justice comes out against the Second Amendment and says it's time to repeal it. The ridiculous omnibus bill that passed. The Cloud Act. uh, Also, SESTA, Fiesta, and FUPA uh, passed. Right? Is that, did I get that right? <laughs> Fupa. Yes, Fupa. Uh, so basically, the, the Craigslist personals get killed and the opioid crisis. What do you want to start with? Uh, see, a lot of those stories, you have to do the ominous bill first because a okay. lot of them feed off of that, especially right. a lot of the Facebook stuff okay. and the Cloud Act. That all feeds off from the ominous bill because that's all that stem from. All right. So we're going to start with the omnibus bill. Uh, this is from Reason.com. Nine ridiculous things about the omnibus bill. That just passed. Uh, we put all the links at WeAreLibertarians.com. When I post the show, I go and I put all the links of all the stories that we read, all my prep, all that goes into the show notes. So be sure to go and check that stuff out. Uh, so less than 24 hours after the 2,300-page bill was made public, the U.S. House of Representatives, by a vote of 20, 256 to 167, approved a $1.3 trillion spending package That funds the federal government through the end of the fiscal year on September 30th. Now, for a little bit of background, we've basically been funding these little continuous resolutions for months now. And every three to four weeks, you're getting, uh, well, the government shuts down Friday unless they pass a continuing resolution. Mm -hmm. Uh, They need to pass a budget. We haven't had a budget, I think, since the Bush administration in regular order. It's always the omnibus bills, these big single packages Mm -hmm. and people just start throwing garbage into these big omnibus bills and this was no exception and uh, we're going to tell you some of the worst parts now the the way that they would normally do it is they'd bring up let's fund the energy department let's fund the education department let's fund this department and uh that that is not how it's being done it's being done in a single bill with a single vote and it's i mean I want to say it's unconstitutional, but, I mean, do they give a shit about the Constitution at this point anyways? Oh, no, no. no, Um, no. Sheet of paper. So it really shows, and and Trump threatened to uh, veto it just because of the uh, fiscal irresponsibility of it, but the Congress is run by Republicans, Mm -hmm. both the House and the Senate, and uh, the House Freedom Caucus made some noise, Rand Paul made some noise, but by, by and large... The Republicans voted for it. Trump threatened to veto it, not because it was fiscally irresponsible, but because it didn't fund the border wall enough and it didn't take care and and give uh, 
basically amnesty to the DACA kids. Trump, when you hear Trump talking about DACA, the DACA kids, we're not protecting them. What he's doing is he's basically trying to blame the Democrats for not getting this done mm-hmm. and not protecting the DACA, DACA kids because he's playing 18D chess. Uh, so let's dive into what is in this bill with the help of Reason and then Rand Paul. Uh, according to an analysis by the Nonpartisan Committee for a Responsible Federal Budget, the omnibus bill spends $143 billion more than it would have been allowed under the sequester era caps and $52 billion more than the ceiling set by the Budget Control Act of t- 2011. The spending increases are bipartisan, with Republicans getting additional funding for the military in return for spending more on domestic programs favored by Democrats. Eric Boehm and Reason writes, This bill is a fiscal embarrassment in just about every way imaginable. Unemployment is low, the economy is humming along, and we are only a few months removed from the passage of a tax reform bill that will reduce future government revenues. Spending more money, lots more money, makes no sense. So the first part uh, of the nine ridiculous things about the omnibus bill, more toys for the Pentagon. The beginning stages of the first ever audit of the Defense Department have already uncovered $800 million that simply vanished from the Pentagon's Defense Logistics Agency. And there are surely more ways to be found inside the world's largest military budget. Uh, Yet, they're going to give them $144 more billion, including the purchase of additional 143 military aircraft. So that's great for Lockheed Martin and Boeing. Yes. So... It's and it's all this crap because of the way they're using it to fund everything. And it's and it's you're right. They've been doing this since the Bush era too because it's an easy way to sneak things in to get things to your crony buddies. And right. This is an easiest way to do it because Which we will see. Yeah. What well, you guys should go through this because it's the fact that you can't not. It's 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 easy to fight a spending bill when it's like okay, this is what we're funding. We're funding this. All right. It's going to go to the floor. It's going to comment. Da 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 da. You know, I can go to committee and we can talk about this thing. Defending it this way, it's nope. There's the deadline. Everything's going to get shut down. We will hang us around your neck. Funded or funded or die. Right. Killer bridges. The pedestrian bridge on the campus of Florida International University that collapsed two weeks ago, killing six people, was funded in part by uh, an eleven million dollar grant from the Department of Transportation's Tiger program, transportation investments generation generating economic recovery. Think of FDR's, you know, uh, programs mm-hmm. in the in the 30s to try and uh, kill off everything. So yeah, try to build uh, things. And... The omnibus budget bill will triple the funding for that program. Oh, great! More bridges, so, more walking bridges. So the walking bridge that killed people last week, the the people that built that bridge just got triple the amount of money uh, instead of being punished for their inability. To uh, to work, consider Atlanta, where a streetcar project got forty seven million in Tiger grants in twenty ten, but ended up costing three times as much as expected, while creating about a quarter of the promised jobs. The GAO found that Tiger's projects often violated internal controls meant to prevent projects mm-hmm. from being used as political patronage. Yep, shocking. Yep, they purposely underbuild to bid out any other competition. The border wall. President Trump wanted to spend $23 billion on a border wall, but Congress allocated just $1.6 billion. A good chunk of the rest will be spent on planning, design, and technology. In other words, spending that will be used to justify more spending on Trump's signature immigration policy. You are paying for the wall and not Mexico. <laughs> Shocking. Yeah. Sure. We're not, like, 
we, how many times did we say on the show we're paying for the wall if the wall gets built? Well, you aren't really paying for it if you use FRNs. You know, right, use cryptocurrencies. Don't worry about it. But the, yeah, yeah, you're going to pay for the wall. Your kids are going to pay for the wall. Their grandkids are going to pay for that wall. And technically, you know, the only way Mexico pays for the wall is that they have to stare at it. All right. If uh, you want to sound off, you can call in here on We Are Libertarians at three one seven six nine nine seven two three six. That number is only working at the uh, at the time we we're recording this. So if you're hearing this on podcast, don't call. Uh, send us an email at editor at wearelibertarians.com. National Science Foundation. If there were an easier target for spending cuts, I don't know what it would be other than the National Science Foundation. As Rand Paul reminded us on Twitter, this is a federal agency that once spent 350000 in taxpayer money to study whether the Japanese quail enjoy doing blow and banging. Literally, <laughs> coke, and, coke and sex, $350,000. Uh, they funded studies teaching sea monkeys how to swim in form- formation, teaching land monkeys how to gamble, running shrimp on tiny treadmills, running mountain lions on giant treadmills, watching humans play Farmville, watching humans play Flickr, use Flickr, and building a robot that can fold laundry, which, honestly, I need that last one. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sick of doing it on Sundays. Uh, but if you can't eliminate funding for this, Republicans, then what are you going to actually eliminate when you're in total power? Oh, wait. (coughs) Planned Parenthood. No matter what you think of Planned Parenthood and whether or not they should get federal uh, funding, uh, which we here on Weird Libertarians do not think they should get federal funding. And here's why. Whether you're pro-life or pro-choice, it is funding something that, A, is... Let's be honest. The funding for Planned Parenthood is a signal to half the population it's virtue signaling and trying to implement values using public dollars and it causes the other side to want to do the opposite and it basically becomes this moral football with within uh the funding of these sorts of things and not only that it's just not our job to publicly fund abortions (laughs) and and even women's health it would be cheaper to run Planned Parenthood privately without federal funds. They easily could make up the money in donations. Well, even the then, when they, when, when the time they did, they did get cut for that short, but they did make it through with you know private donations. Right. You know? Um, I personally think uh, I've been to Planned Parenthood. I had an SDT, SDD test uh, there. All, all was clear. Uh, and I, did, I went and did it because I wanted to go through and use their services to see what it was like. It's like any other doctor's office. And it, and it was... Uh, the only weird part was when I walked out, and this is not a joke, Tears in Heaven was playing <laughs> <What's this? laughs> at the Play on Parenthood Clinic. Uh, but I think abortion is uh, morally wrong and reprehensible, and I certainly don't want any of the tax dollars that are stolen from me uh, taken to pay for abortions or war or any other form of murder. Uh, I certainly don't. Want really my tax dollars taken? Period. <laughs> yeah, but, person, yeah, but especially for things that I find morally disagreeable. Now you may disagree with my position, and that's fine. And there are plenty of people who are listening to this who don't agree with me on that particular stance. But um, if you are going to fund the things that you like ethically and morally, then you're opening up the ability for the other side on other issues to start funding things that you disagree with. Correct. So yeah, you, that whole you did it first. 
Exactly right. And and we we want, we want to say oh it's uh, not the slippery slope argument again, but I mean it's an argument for a reason. Uh, exactly. And, in uh, yet the Republican written and soon to be Republican passed and President Trump signed omnibus spending bill includes five hundred million dollars for Planned Parenthood. The grand scheme, the funding for Planned Parenthood in the one point three trillion budget bill, isn't the biggest concern. But there might not be a single line item that better exemplifies the extent to which Republicans just don't give a fuck anymore. That's in the Reason article. Either that or GOP lawmakers realize that they can't run for re-election on promises to cut funding for Planned Parenthood if they actually cut funding for Planned Parenthood. Now, that's a that's a really instructive line because part of we, – we love to have our ears tickled. Mm-hmm. We love to be told things in election time, and we vote for people based on certain things. But when they go to actually do it, we don't want them to do it. Yeah. And cutting cutting spending is one of those things. Everybody wants you to cut spending until you start cutting their project. Right. No, 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 not my Air Force Base. Yeah, no, not, not my Air Force right. Base town. Not not my pet project. Not my science project. Not my, you know, scholarship. Right. Not my... Uh, Arts endowment is important. But I think we should cut spending. It's like, well, that's the most useless part of the entire budget, so... Yeah, yeah come on. It's like, a, But we need it for the arts. Kickstarter funded somebody to make a million dollar potato salad. Now, I think we, you know, even even the most hardcore libertarians that you say, listen, if we got to fund the government, let's start with things like the CDC, right? Uh, they get a, they get a fifty three million dollar boost, which, as Reason writes, is a good thing because the CDC does important work like controlling deadly diseases, and certainly would never waste taxpayer money. On things like hiring a Hollywood liaison to help television and movie studios develop accurate storylines about diseases. <laughs> the increase in CDC funding includes the creation of a new program to study gun violence, which is apparently a disease now. Okay, that okay. Uh, <clears throat> I know we got a lot to get through. Hold on. All First right. off, I could kind of sympathize for somebody at the CDC that's probably watched so many movies and is like, you know what? Right. You know what? I am tired of this. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they're going to get this right. I don't care how much we spend. Dude, you're like, no, they're getting this crap right. Yeah. Right. You know, some autists in the CDC, like, no, this is wrong. They're wrong. The other one with, I already, always hate the football. It's like, oh, the CDC never, you know, uh, studies gun deaths and stuff like that. They do. They do it all the time. Um, Bush didn't block it. They studied gun deaths. They did it to the Obama era. This whole, they ne- Republicans block it. That's bull crap. No one blocks the CDC doing anything other than the CDC doesn't want to do right. it. Uh, to tell you how the CDC handles things, uh, take the study of gun violence. Uh, now a disease handled by the CDC, which, let's be honest, I'm sure they'll be fair. I'm sure they'll they'll really, uh, never mind, they're if, not going to be fair. If <laughs> gun violence is a disease, can I use my uh, insurance to buy body armor? That's a good point. <laughs> I'm like, I'd just like to get this. Um, of course, I don't want that Medicaid body armor. That'd be awful. Let's go back to 1999. When the CDC asked Congress for extra funding with the goal of eliminating syphilis in the United States by 2005, the CDC used some of that money to pay for strippers. And not only did syphilis still exist in 2005, but the number of reported cases had increased by 68%. Head start. So much for Education Secretary Betsy DeVos's goal of destroying the public school system. The federal education department's getting $2.6 billion more. 
while omitting a $250 million private school choice initiative mm-hmm. that Trump requested, ignoring a proposed $1 billion program to encourage open er- enrollment, something DeVos wanted. Meanwhile, Congress will keep tossing money into Head Start. It's been more than eight years since the U.S. Department of Human and Health Services concluded that any benefits from the pre-K program yielded only a few statistically significant differences in outcomes at the end of first grade. Basically, Head Start is glorified daycare yes, yes. that you're paying for. Uh, yet, Head Start is getting a $610 million hike and will cost $9.8 billion this year. Results? Measurements? Accountability? Nope. Kindergarten is glorified daycare. The process itself was it. is the ninth reason uh, ridiculous things about the omnibus bill. The budget bill was written in secret and made public just hours before it was approved. There was no time for lawmakers to read and digest the bill, let alone offer amendments or try to change the details. This sort of rush process isn't new, but it is lawmaking at its most depressingly predictable, says Peter Sudeman. One of the people who did try to read it was Rand Paul, who kept us uh, up to date on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Who, uh, If you don't follow Rand Paul, great Twitter follow. Uh, here are some of the things that he tweeted. Um, reading this monstrous bill full of grant programs begun decades ago reminds me of Reagan's critique. The nearest thing to immortality is a government program. Page 226 of the terrible, no good, rotten de- de- uh, deficit spending bill. I found a kernel of hope. Quote, unquote, no funds in this act will be used to support or justify torture. So that is uh, obviously good. <laughs> um, Why, did the other bills do? Oh, 240, good news for states' rights, Rand Paul found. Uh, no funds will be spent to prevent any state's medical marijuana initiatives. Thank you, Congressman Rohrbacher who put in that uh, if you are in Colorado, then any spending in this budget that goes through September 30 cannot be spent on uh, fighting state pot initiatives. Um, 281 of the page, CIA retirement funding. Wouldn't it be great to amend out the retirement benefits of Trump hater John Brennan and James Clapper? Okay, well, that's uh, that's trying to ingratiate yourself to the boss, I guess. Uh, Here are are a few more highlights. (laughs) $1 $1 million for the Cultural Antique Antiquities Task Force, $6,250,000 for the Ambassadors Fund for Cultural Preservation, $20 million for countering foreign state propaganda, $12 million for countering state disinformation and pressure, $1.37 billion for contributions to international organizations, $51 million to promote the International Family Planning and Reproductive Health uh, Program, $7 million promoting international conservation, $10 million for UN environmental programs, $1 million for the World Meteorological Organization, $218 million for promoting democracy development in Europe. Yes, the birthplace of democracy needs promoting, Rand Paul cheekishly notes. $25 million for the International Religious Freedom uh, for inter- international religious freedom, ten million for disadvantaged Egyptian students. Okay. okay, how many of you with student loans would like uh, ten million dollars for your student loans uh, instead of some Egyptians? Twelve million for scholarships for Lebanon. Twenty million for Middle East Partnership Initiative Scholarship Program. Twelve million in military funding for Vietnam. Uh, yeah, <laughs> someone someone just wrote. Uh, we we don't have enough money to fight the propaganda in our own media. 
<laughs> so dead on. I wish I had seen who said that. Uh, $3.5 million in nutrition assistance to Laos. $15 million in developmental assistance to China. $10 million for women law enforcement in Afghanistan. On page 355, Nat, the NSA prohibited from targeting U.S. persons with FISA 702 program. Sounds good, but privacy advocates fear that the NSA still does backdoor targeting U.S. persons. Courageous Senator Wyden has asked how many U.S. persons caught up in supposedly foreign database. Um, page 357, no funds can be used in Iraq in contravention of the War Powers Act. Sounds good, but haven't we been back in Iraq at war against new foes without any new congressional authorization? Um, page 348. None of the funds may be used in contravention of the War Powers Act. Obviously, uh, pretty good. Uh, page 376. Um, I found it. I found it. Border security. What President Trump wanted. No, wait a minute. Section says defense can spend what funds it determines to enhance the border security of Jordan, Lebanon, Egypt, and Tunisia. What? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, those are the important borders that we need to defend. Uh, I's getting tired, but somebody needs to read it. Uh, page 392, no money shall be spent for the permanent stationing of U.S. forces in Afghanistan. wonder what they meant by permanent. Some of, might argue that after 16 years, we're approaching the definition of permanent. Um, Yen lease, lease it? Uh, the government is going to earn $350 million by selling oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. Bad news, the money won't go to redu- reduce the debt. The money will be spent elsewhere by the federal government. So that's what your government is spending uh, on. <laughs> Congratulations, Harry. Yay! Uh, so, we, we just, just more getting screwed over. That's, that's, that's just awesome. I'm glad we're concentrating on, like, you know, borders of countries and nation-building and... Yeah, a lot of nation building in there. Yeah, lots of lots of nation building. A lot of millions for other nations. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Too many too many millions for our nation. I really want to know what what is this promoting democracy in Europe is for. And it was like thirty million dollars. <laughs> yeah, what are you doing? It's like, uh, you know, maybe that's what they call the diplomats uh, the um, diplomats stipend. Maybe that's what they call that. Yeah, you know, or that's our or is that our American spies inside of Russia? doing their bike campaigns against Putin. Speculation, of course. All right, you're listening to We Are Libertarians live on our mobile apps for both Android and iTunes. Tune in, wearelibertarians.com. You can listen to the radio station there. We're taking your phone calls live at 317-699-7236. Again, that's 317-699-7236. If you want to jump in on uh, some of this stuff, we're about to talk about the Cloud Act and uh, SESTA. Now, uh, part of the problem with an omnibus bill is that stuff gets snuck in. One of those things that it was snuck in basically is crippling the internet now. Yes, <laughs> they're basically going. So we're gonna we're gonna cover that. Um, the Cloud Act has been uh, floating around forever. Um, this bill, this is from EFF.org. If you don't follow EFF, the Electronic Frontier Foundation, they're an organization that really fights to protect the Internet from governments. Sometimes. Especially ours. Sometimes. Uh, yeah, they, they do not agree with us on net neutrality. Yeah, and they, they do other things that are good. They have been the champions for such a long time, and I will give them the credit with you, too. But, you know. Yeah. 
so <clears throat> the Cloud Act, it was never reviewed or marked up by any committee in either the House or Senate. It never received a hearing. It was robbed of a standalone floor vote because congressional leadership decided behind closed doors to attach this unvetted, unrelated data bill to the $1.3 trillion government spending bill. Uh, on Thursday, the House approved the omnibus bill, uh, then the Senate, and then the president signed it. Uh, many people spoke up about the Cloud Act. Uh, the Cloud Act is a far-reaching privacy upending piece of legislation that will enable foreign police to collect and wiretap people's communications from U.S. companies without obtaining a U.S. warrant. Allow foreign nations to demand personal data stored in the United States without prior review by a judge. Uh, so basically the European Union or China, if they wanted access to your data, then they can just get the access to the data. Patriot Act on world tour, basically. Right. It's, yeah. That's all this is. Allow the U.S. president to enter executive agreements that empower police in foreign nations that have weaker privacy laws than the U.S. to seize data in the U.S. while ignoring U.S. privacy laws. So the president has the ability with the signature of a pen to overrule con congressional laws protecting us. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, they don't care about the Fourth Amendment. Allow foreign police to collect someone's data without notifying them about it. Um, let's see. Mm -hmm. uh, empower U.S. police to grab any data, regardless if it is a U.S. person's or not, no matter where it is stored. Uh, as we wrote before, this is how the Cloud Act would work in practice. London investigators want a private, the private Slack messages of a Londoner they suspect of bank fraud. The London police could go directly to Slack, a U.S. company, to request and collect these messages. The London police would not necessarily need prior judicial review for this request, the London police would not be required to notify U.S. law enforcement about this request. The London police would not need a probable cause warrant for this collection. Predictably, in this request, the London police might also collect Slack messages written by U.S. persons communicating with the Londoner suspected of bank fraud. Those messages could be read, stored, and potentially shared, all without the U.S. person knowing about it. Those messages, if shared with the U.S. law enforcement, could be used to criminally charge the U.S. person in a U.S. court, even though a warrant was never issued. The bill has large privacy implications in both the U.S. and abroad, and it was never given the attention it demands in Congress. Pretty sad and terrifying. No, not really. To me, it wasn't that really? really. To me, it was just like, oh, you didn't see this one coming? Obviously, when Snowden opened his mouth and said anything, you weren't listening. <laughs> right. Uh, most of this whole bill was mostly to give, it was a smokescreen and cover for a lot of the major communication companies throughout there or people like that. Right. Because of the way that, way that one that most servers are they're not most people think of their servers there's just these physical locations like this and they think of the server but now with all virtualization technology all these vms servers and then what in the way that data can be moved around so quickly and be stored different places for backup reasons or just for any other reason at all for what technology that they're using on the back end that data can be in three different countries right so basically these these big telecoms need basically a smoke screen so like oh no 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 i don't want to give them their data oh but i can now and I, and I have legal protection to do so right because they want to cooperate they want those they also want to make sure they're also protected for um, um just like a lot of these different bills like this that, um, that they're protected yes that they don't get they can protect themselves from government scrutiny just like when the EU, because the EU has been going at, has gone after Google in the, in the last few years. The United States government has gone after Microsoft for their servers in Ireland. Right. So 
when this bill came out there talking about it, this reason why Google, Apple, uh, can't remember the other three companies that are also the big companies help write this and the lawyers that help write this thing because they were mentally set up there to help give them so when any type of these attacks from these governments asking for different things they've got routes and different means to go after sort of the government designing their own coming after them it's right. actually it's a smart move on their play because at because that's what they're doing but for everyone else you're screwed but edward stone has told you to have been encrypting a long time ago right. and if you haven't gone dark you haven't been encrypting it's your own damn fault. I don't know why you even stopped. Meow. Look at you getting all huffy. Yeah, because I get tired of people, oh, the internet is going up here. Encrypt now. Go dark now. The heck have you been? I've been dark. I've been gone dark. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you've been dark. You know, there was, there was, it was just like you, you should have been encrypting anything. And it, it has like terrible repercussions because, you know, as what you, there's a lot of different articles and some of them I'm going to touch on because we know. The, I don't know if you guys ever remember that stupid leftist people used to send around the stupid speech of the newsroom and talk about all these countries have freedom, Belgium has freedom, this place has freedom. Well, which we have found out in the last few years. No, they don't. No, right. they don't. They don't have freedom over there. They have this pseudoscience of freedom. They've got this mock freedom as long as you toe their lines, they have freedom. Okay? You know, United States, that's where freedom is and Oh, come on, they need to get off their freaking high horse about this stuff because you should be if because they're going to use it to go after people in different uh, in different countries saying different stuff about that because you know just it'll open up a Taiwanese court because if you say something rude against like the emperor, yeah, that's that's a criminal offense over there, and they'll be able to use that to one block name block you from the country, two arrest you on site. Right, you know, or uh, in other countries doing that. So, like, if China's trying to hunt down dissidents and they're using it and hiding and stuff in the U.S. servers, hey, they can request, you know, request that information, and it, and it'll give clout to like Facebook. Whoa, whoa, whoa! We don't want to do that. We don't want to play ball with China, but the U.S. government's enforcing us. Even though, regardless, that Facebook has been playing ball with China for years. Helping out with, and Google has been playing ball and it's helping the firewall out. So right. It's no, it's crap. Uh, the Sorry, so if you're a ten dollar a month subscriber on Patreon, you you get to watch the show, the video stream live. A lot of the people in the chat room surprised that you've been dark. <laughs> right. Yeah, uh, yeah. So you learn, yeah, you learn encryption. So like, so like, so like, so would they be able to pull your information? Well, cool. Beat shot two fifty six. Good luck. Hope you love some blowfish. Uh, now Fosta and Sesta weren't. They were actually separate bills, weren't they? Or were they in the omnibus? Because this article, I, I didn't think they were in the arm. I think they got passed separately. Yeah, they got passed separately. Yeah. Yeah, it was just the cloud that was hit inside there. All right, so Daily Beast writes, the new law that killed Craigslist personals could end the web as we know it. Uh, to So so long story short, the oh, the way that, uh, you know, they, well, we need to get a hold of the internet, we being the government. We need backdoors. We need to fight terrorists. Well, and then terrorism wasn't as big of a threat, so then it became, we need to fight child molesters and child porn. Well, now it's sex traffickers. Like, there's always, because, and we've talked about this with free speech. This happens all the time. They go for, who's going to defend a terrorist, a child molester, or a sex trafficker? Who's going to stand up and say, uh, I support their right to do whatever they do on the internet? Nobody. And so that's how they start building the mechanisms. And I don't think that it's necessarily an evil thing. I don't think it's a conspiratorial thing. I'm sure some of you may think that. I personally don't. 
I don't think many people sit there and go, we we need controls because we are the government and we want to usher in some new totalitarian regime. I think they these people just think they're helping. <laughs> right. We're helping. We're helping. I'm helping. Yeah. Yeah, you're We're not. helping. This is what Yeah, a lot of people are doing this. They're you know, they're charging and fighting the good fight. Other than, you know, without thinking like, wait a minute, how could this be used against, you know? Right. How how will this play out 50 years from now? Right. Yeah, 50 years from now or, you know, you know, you know, teasing another thing or against a judge with no humor. Now Backpage.com, um, the Craigslist personal sections. A lot of you perverts out there are mourning the loss of, of the. Uh, you aren't, but. No, 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 the perverts aren't. No, no. If you get on Craigslist right now, those ads are all still there. Sure, yeah. No, they're all. You know, no, no. They're, they're sh- there because they're posting just in other places now. Right. They're, sp- they're selling seven. They're spelling, uh, selling 24 speed bicycles with uh extra handle well no it's like that like uh, i think someone did the uh, job posting t- uh, recording um, um pov uh, blowjob scene for porno pays 150 for per scene right and that's like <laughs> i was like oh come on you know there's like but the thing is like um but those people are just gonna in Indiana, there's a weird license that you got to get. If you take your clothes off in front of a camera, there's a license that you're supposed to have. Really? And, yeah. In the, in the state of Indiana, you, there's a license for that. Right. So technically, that is not a bad way to get around this. You just get your taking your clothes off model and license and post jobs and gigs. And with the internet, anyone can make a porn. And then you can, hey, if you want to make a porn, put some mask on throw up on Pornhub, and then you can eat, and if you put it panda costumes on, they, they'll actually make, they'll send that and make in chi- to China, and you and your porn will be foot. You know uh, a lot about this. What, the panda porn? No, just in general. Oh, because oh, I'm on the net. I'm on the net. I meet a lot of different people, um, and or just the idea of just the background, like, this is what I would do. If, okay. if if I was in a situation yes. and I sit there, if I was in a situation, I really wanted to do this and I'd go pay for this, something, something like this. Cool. Let me have it. Let me show you the back doors, you know, back door, uh, the way to do this to keep it on board and legal. Right. You know, just like, um, uh, smoking in clubs inside of Indiana, like all of a sudden everyone had a front porch with a <laughs> gate around it so they could, so they could have people smoke and drink at the same time. Christopher killing it tonight, basically saying, yeah. if you need a license, that means there must be certified trainers. Where do I apply? <laughs> <laughs> Grant writes, if I do reviews for my shit or do I need a license? Yeah, probably, probably. Um, we should start, we should start a studio license. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, Daily Beast writes, for countless folks who came of age in the 2000s, finding a partner via the Craigslist personal section was a rite of passage. Not in my America. Uh, I don't know about you perverts at the Daily Beast. Uh, although although I do have a certain ex-girlfriend who's very upset today about this, probably. Uh, I remember poring over the ads with friends amazed at the sheer variety of sexual and romantic asks and desires out there. The strange and tantalizing mix of anonymity and ex-eros and possibility. I brokered my best ongoing casual encounter through the personals Craigslist uh, section. I know others who met long-term partners and even even spouses that way. But as of last Friday, the section is no more. Consider it one of the first, but certainly not the last, casualties of the new legislation passed by the Senate this week, 97 to 2. Mm -hmm. Guess who the two were. You won't be surprised. 
Ron Wyden and Rand Paul. Oh, I should have let you guess. That would have been better radio. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, not, not, I'm not good at radio yet. Uh, we'll figure it out. The bill, euphemistically known as Fight Online Sex Trafficking Act, FOSTA, which I thought was FUPA in the show notes, uh, <laughs> apparently not FUPA. If you don't know what a FUPA is, Google it. Uh, was passed by the House of Representatives in late February. It has been largely portrayed by the media and those in Congress as an anti-sex trafficking measure. But while doing nothing to realistically fight sex trafficking, it managed to, to muck up all sorts of other serious things. FOSTA will, be, will subject websites to criminal and civil liability when third-party users misuse online personas unlawfully. Under the current law, the site can't be legally liable if someone uses veiled terms to solicit commercial sex, a.k.a. prostitution, through Craigslist personals. But FOSTA will change that, opening up Craigslist and every other digital platform to serious legal and financial jeopardy should it accidentally promote or facilitate prostitution. Can't wait for the Facebook and uh, Twitter DM lawsuits and the Instagram lawsuits. That ought to be fun. Uh, Craigslist said... Any tool or service can be misused. We can't take such a risk without jeopardizing all our other services, so we are regretfully taking Craigslist personals offline. Hopefully we can bring them back someday to the tens of millions of spouses, partners, and couples who met through Craigslist. We wish you happiness. Yep. Uh, they uh, Reddit took down escorts, our male escorts, uh, city vibes disappeared, Uh they also took our sugar daddy down from Reddit. Uh, Reddit said the purge was enforcing its new content policy, which bans transactions for certain goods and services. Um, the failure to, to distinguish between ads for prostitution and any discussion of prostitution is part of what has sex workers and free speech advocates random, so worried. Random acts of muff dive is still there. <laughs> <laughs> Random acts of muff dive. Huh? Yeah, it's, yeah, where you post and you just need a random muff dive. It's a... <laughs> okay. Uh, sex worker blogs could be shut down, and they could find their social media accounts suspended simply for being honest about their work. No transactions, just talking about it. Uh, this is because the core of FOSTA makes it a federal crime to promote or facilitate the prostitution of another person, punishable by 10 years plus fines. Harry, don't show me that while I'm trying to concentrate. <laughs> uh, sex workers don't have to worry about being punished for posting their own ads, but they could run afoul of law if working in pairs or helping a colleague place an ad. The primary targets are websites, apps, message boards, and other digital publishers which have deeper pockets. To reach them, Congress had to carve a hole in Section 230, which has governed the Internet for two, 22 years. It protects web platforms from being sued in civil court, or criminally charged by state prosecutors for third-party user-posted content. Uh, Section 230 says that unless they create the content in whole or part, these platforms shall not be treated as the speaker of such content. Um, so Ron Wyden said, You're heading in the wrong direction if you pass a bill that would raise the burden of proof in cases against sex traffickers. Uh, Wyden, who co-authored 230, was the only Democrat to vote against the bill, and Rand Paul was the only Republican. Uh, so, obviously, not a fan of this law whatsoever. Uh, what I hate about this whole law is like the, the confliction with it of sex traffickers, sex workers, and people who use, basically, la laborers who use their body for, mo for money. 
and the other thing with it is, if you think this little sheet of paper, that little point like, that they won't prosecute you for things that other people have done on your website, hey, that does work for most people if you're big enough. But if you're small enough, like Ross Ulbrich, yeah, you're going to go to p- pounding your butt jail for the rest of your <laughs> life. Okay. Um, and a lot of this is smoke just to so they could go after sites. And because in, in all reality, right, if someone who's doing sex trafficking and is trafficking young people or people in general and enslaved people, they're not doing it on, they're not doing it on Craigslist. They're not doing it on Reddit. They're going to do it on like some, right. either a smaller, a smaller site that's not in the traffic of normies walking around. Right. Uh, the ability of like, because you're not going to put it on Reddit because a normie can hit random and actually find your thing. Right, and in a few seconds, oh wow! And the normie just all through your, you know, inside your Reddit. Even if you make it, you make it private, then you're not be able to get out to there. So, sex trafficking, if it does happen this way on the net, which I doubt it, because you know, if you're going to get online, they're probably going to use an onion routing and probably have their own email servers in the bathroom and you know, hitting underneath pizza shops. But what they would do. Uh, so this is basically like a mostly a big, a gigantic attack against small, up and coming websites. And that's right. where some traffic coverage possibly may do something like that because they're not getting the eyeballs. Even if you want to prevent but, sex trafficking, and you know this this came out of something it, you probably had heard Sesta in relation to this, and Sesta was prompted by a case involving Backpage dot com in which executives of the site were arrested on charges of pimping a minor, pimping and conspiracy to commit pimping. Backpage's adult section was allegedly used for prostitution. However, courts to dismiss the case based on Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you now have taken it off of easily monitored websites, and and, cl- and you put it into the dark web, right. which is all encrypted. Yeah, all encrypted. It's in the dark. You're not going to see this stuff ever again. And uh, more violence, more deaths will come from it. Just like the when um, the Silk Road ran down, so many people probably died from doing all different drugs and different heroin and been dying because they're mixed with other things because the right. people building the drugs, eh, there's no Yelp page for them. And when it comes to it, they're, they're going after uh, the, the, the sex workers, which pushes them onto, like I said, onto the streets and stuff like that. But in all reality, hey, if you want to like protect these people and protect things, sex workers work. Right, you know, you can do it in. A, they can if you let them doing it out in the open. It may be a very clean, a very safe environment for all. Absolutely, there's a product out there. Someone wants to buy it, and it, and it is do, and it's nothing else. It's nothing different from anyone working, and that's why I said the whole porn analogy, like because. Apparently, then it be all that becomes legal the moment you put a camera in front of there and a crew sitting back there. So, you know, honestly, you know, you can make some extra money, get a couple guy who's a voyeur, have him work the camera, do the girl, get everyone got their license, boom, bada bing, bada boom, the phone on Pornhub and make the ad revenue after afterwards. Right. I know I'm making light of this, this very serious situation, trying to make jokes, because it's scary, it's stupid, it's it's dumb. And the way that the government is just using this gigantic cudgel to go after this very small, delicate issue. Yeah, it it is disappointing. Because they're going after the people that are doing it legally. That's right. who they're going after. Right. They're, they're shutting down. This is The government consistently thinks that by passing laws, they can fix problems of the heart. Mm-hmm. And they can solve sex trafficking by making it illegal for anyone to talk about sex. Right, yeah. And we'll just, somehow that's going to solve the problem. All that does is it just 
it makes it more dangerous because it shuts it off from mm. the mainstream world. I'm not saying that sex trafficking should be mainstream. That's not what I, I don't want that to come across that way. I'm saying like you you have tools where police agencies can monitor what is going on in these sites. Well, you can't now because it's it's going to the dark web, which is all encrypted. It's on Tor browsers. It's it's all going to be completely shut off, and all these leads that they could have had to break up these rings that. We hear about all the time mm-hmm. these li- rings being broken up. How do you think they're finding them? Right. So it's just a very stupid. It, it's 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 the we're helping mentality. I'm helping. Yeah. If you want to help stop um, sex trafficking, I know a very good way. You can get millions in that budget real quick. Stop going after a plant that grows for you in the ground. Yeah. You can take all that money and all those agents, all that manpower to go after sex trafficking. Yeah. Sex trafficking, fighting sex trafficking, is a legitimate function. Right of our government like maybe not if you're an anarchist but in my mind the people who are being kidnapped and losing their freedom and forced into prostitution i want my government fighting that i don't i don't want them fighting people who smoke weed yeah people are willing to fund a policing force that goes after against people who are violent um enslaving people right you know these are people who are enslaved against their will and they need to be freed mm-hmm. and that's basically what that is but we're wasting time resources on a plant that goes freely in the ground that doesn't hurt anybody yeah okay it's yeah so you you really want to do that you know back off of that back off the weed another example of censorship because they think they're trying to help uh youtube so it's a reason article written by the magnificent Awesome book called Free. Brian Doherty is a great author. Uh, Radicals for Capitalism, great book. Uh, YouTube plans to shut down gun instructional videos. I'm going to talk about guns. So if you want to call in and talk about guns, 317 699 7236. Again, that's 317 699 7236. If you want to talk about the rallies, the uh, former Supreme Court justice wanting to get rid of the Second Amendment and guns in general, call in now. Uh, so YouTube plans to shut down gun instructional videos. Uh, YouTube announced this week that it will soon begin taking down videos that violate its new policies on gun-related content. It will bar not just explicit sales of certain weapons, but also videos that present instructions on manufacturing a firearm, ammunition, high-capacity magazines, homemade silencer and suppressors, or certain firearms and accessories such as those listed above. This also includes video. It also includes instructions on how to convert a firearm to automatic or simulated automatic firing capabilities. Vice Motherboard uh, reports that enforcement of the new policies will start le- likely start next month. One gun-related channel, Spikes Tactical, claimed in the wake of that news that YouTube had already suspended it. Though I still see the channel there today. Cody Wilson, the inventor of the first 3D printed plastic handgun says he's awaiting actual action on YouTube's part before considering his next move. When they start taking stuff down is when I want to get loud, he said in a phone interview today. His channel is still up and running. Uh, Wilson fears that in the current climate, YouTube will be as broad as possible in what it takes down. Like, if you show a magazine and a gun, this is tantamount to demonstrating to somehow to, uh, to assemble a weapon. He has announced on Twitter that he will not help YouTube by taking anything down himself. Uh, so, uh, Mittens, you are being incredibly irritating right now. Very helpful. Very helpful. Uh, get out of here. Get. 
Get get. Yeah. And Cody Wilson's very good at um, someone interrupting him and him getting loud. <laughs> very apt to get at that. I, I've Just never like, heard of him. Who Cody Wilson? Never heard of him. Um, he made the uh, he does the ghost gunner the 3D printed gun. He's the one that took out um, got the 3D printer and decided scanned a uh, scanned a plastic gun out and printed it. When he we we're talking about that he got loud when someone interrupted him, right? Mm-hmm. That he got a lease for the 3D, a 3D printer, right? Got it in the in the in the building. When they when the company right that's found out who the heck he was, what he was doing, they sent someone back to go take that machine back from him. Right. It's like, oh no, they took my machine. Let me go. You know, so he had to go do all this weird mechamorol to go get another three D printer to go back to try to print out this freaking handle, this lower receiver. And right. he did successfully be able to print out a lower receiver AR fifteen plastic one and fire a couple of shots off it. And he can make it, and it makes it ATF legal when you put like a uh, like a, a piece of metal in it, which is the trigger component, so it's not full plastic. Because um, you, but that's the only part that has a serial number on it. So the upper the upper receiver has no serial number. You don't need a license or anything or background checker to buy an upper, and they they built their lower, and you put it together. Now he also built a thing called the Ghost Gunner Dust, which was to make wasn't a plastic gun which was it it's a cnc machine that takes an 80 percent lower receiver for an ar-15 like an unfinished lower receiver mm-hmm. and uses a cnc technology to finish the lower receiver it's calling they, they're called ghost guns because they this thing literally just makes ar-15s you Whee! <laughs> it's really really cool if you're in the guns and that's why like everyone's like we're gonna ban ar-15s like do you know how many ghost gunners are out there now yeah um, I don't know. That's why. Uh, because once one's out there, it takes nothing for someone to take one apart, reverse engineer it, put the plans back online, torn that crap, and people, you know, and because at the end of the day, the ghost code is just a CNC machine with this programmed and with the plot. Po- All right, I'll stop talking about Well, that. I mean, it, it, you know, <laughs> Sessions bans bump stocks. The, the Obama administration wanted to ban bump stocks, but they felt they couldn't constitutionally do it, so they didn't do it. Uh, but the Department of Justice announced Friday they will expand the definition of machine gun to include bump stocks, uh, <laughs> which, uh, if you don't know, that's what was used in uh, the Vegas shooting, and it turned it into, it increases a semi-automatic weapons rate of fire. Um, Sessions said, since the day he took office, President Trump has had no pri- higher priority than the safety of each and every American. After the senseless attack in Las Vegas... This proposed rule is a critical step in our effort to reduce the threat of gun violence that is in keeping with the Constitution and passed by the laws of Congress. Um, so, but a bump stock is something that you can make easily, correct? Yeah, you just yeah, because it's it's plastic. It's a plastic piece, um, and it's all and all the thing is designed to do is use the recoil of the gun so it pushes it back in position and fo- and forces it back to your your right. trigger gun. Now. Which is goofy with all this thing because what one with 3D printing, right? And capitalism. Put them together, you're going to get some really, really cool things, especially when you try to black market some stuff. Yeah. Because of the fact of one, the bump stock 3D print things that's already out there. There's like three different designs that you can just print out. And yeah. it's plastic anyways, meh, BFD. Second, there's all the different techniques and ways to hold it. And the people going like, wait, 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 what's the definition of a semi-auto? Is this your definition? Is this the legal definition? Is this the legal definition of bump fire? Is the legal definition of automatic? Cool, I'm going to take that exact same information you did that, and I'm going to make something that fires even at the same speed or faster, and it's not typically automatic because you want to keep working off these definitions. And technologies and everything's going to move faster than what they can keep up with. And 
and some dangerous, nasty guns can be developed. Now, I don't know if the major manufacturers are going to get their toe in it because, you know, that's not the thing, but other people can. It's going to, it's weird. People have made some weird guns that are out there. People think like these are the main, main with, especially in America, with everyone's got this room, access to all the different things. People have made weird guns out there. You can get on the online and just look at uh, homemade custom zip guns and guns that people have made. So we'll finish out with guns and and social media and all this. I'm gonna do a I'm gonna do more of an in depth. I'm interviewing the guys from Minds.com on Thursday, so that'll be Thursday's episode. And I will do probably an addendum or a separate Chris Spangle show. Yes, there is a Chris Spangle show. Download it. It's where I talk about stuff. That's I, I just try to experiment a little bit in that feed. Um, but it, social media. Um, you know, I, I get so irritated (laughs) when you, you have like, I get the property rights argument. I get that these are Google servers and I get that it is their decision to keep what content they do or do not want on their platform. Okay. Totally, totally agree. Uh, and there's no law that should be passed to force them uh, to to do anything. But you you aren't betraying the principles. You're not a, a rebel a rebel to the cause of personal responsibility and and property rights. If you point out that this sucks, you know what I mean. Like there, at some point, libertarians need to stop being autistic and making points that don't actually make sense to the regular person, and start actually standing up for themselves. Uh, ah, you know, I'm just going to lay down and let them treat me like this because it's their right to do so. Okay, well, that's uh, I, I get that, but take the Austin Peterson model, stand up for yourselves, say no, I'm going to use the market forces to prove to you that there's lots of people like me who are out here who just aren't as loud. Uh, and I think a lot of this is going on with the gun debate. It's going on with social media in Russia. Uh, it's going on with the advertising and the way that they handle things. Like the bit, the big discussion right now is just like Fostra and Sestra and the Cloud Act and you know the gun debate and how these companies handle our, our data – like all of this is partially about law but not really. It's about private ethics. So how do you, I do like I'm getting really sick and tired of you keep trying to jump in here. Hold mm-hmm. on, stop doing that cuz you're driving me crazy. Uh I'm I'm getting distracted. Um <laughs> but YouTube has the right to not put gun shit up there. But you have to understand the power to shape the cultural conversation that these companies have. Let's put it this way. If Mark Zuckerberg wanted to go in and target 40,000 Democrats in Pennsylvania and 20,000 Democrats in Florida and basically just put up at the top of their Facebook feed, don't forget to vote today, and only did that for those people, he could mobilize theoretically enough people to sway an election for a Democrat. That's a tremendous amount of power. How is he wielding that power? How is he dealing with our data? It came out that Facebook is tracking your text and call logs on the Android uh, platform if you've downloaded Messenger on Android. 
Well, yes, I'm sure somewhere in their terms of service it says that, but it's it's really borderline fraudulent <laughs> to to just assume, well, they're not going to read this, so we'll just start stealing their text logs and their chat logs and and like if you knew that they were tracking every text and every phone call that you make, would you download that app? No. So they hide it in terms of service. And so libertarians, like you have to engage in these conversations as opposed to just checking out because you want to be intellectually lazy and say, it's their right to do it. It's uh, you, you click the box. Yes, yes, you're right. But are they being good stewards of our data? Are they being a company that deserves to have your data? Is YouTube uh, a, a partner that We Are Libertarians wants to partner with? I don't want to partner with Facebook and YouTube and Twitter at this point. They clearly don't like our point of view. But if I do that, it comes at tremendous financial cost to me to withdraw from these platforms because an alternative doesn't exist. And you're not there. And if I build it, you won't come. <laughs> and so... I'm looking at it as a business owner, a content creator going, okay, well, I fundamentally disagree with these companies and the way that they deal with people that think like I do, but I don't have the money to build my own social network on wearelibertarians.com. And if I build a forum, is anybody even going to come and use it? Because you're addicted to the Facebook platform. Like you, they, they literally engineered it to play on the serotonin in your brain and the dopamine hits. Like, it is engineered to basically get you to go to those platforms. I can't I can't compete with them. I don't want to destroy them using the government, but it's certainly very unfair to have a corporation that is as powerful and as big as this is when they are promoting my competition and pushing me down to the bottom of your algorithm. If you're the Young Turks, you've gone up 2%. If you're the Daily Wire, you've gone down fifteen percent. How is that? How is that treating all equally and fairly? And if you come out as a company and say you treat everybody fairly and equally, and then studies show you don't, are you not committing fraud? Which, as libertarians, we uh, agree that that violates the non-aggression principle. So I'm not necess- I'm not arguing for any kind of government intervention, but I am saying it's time for you to use your voice and to start speaking up and saying this isn't right. Because there's tremendous cultural impact when companies like YouTube decide that they're going to sway the public policy debate in a certain direction. And what's the, what's the alternative? Like if you're a gun rights person and you're, you're not allowed to use YouTube, like you're going to go to Pornhub. That's where you're going to go and, and have a thoughtful – you sent me a video of a guy yesterday, Harry. Guy couldn't be more lovely. Thoughtful, yeah. not a dangerous man, just talking about his rights and his guns, nothing scary about him. And I'm sorry that like half the population is f- an idiot mm-hmm. on guns and they don't know what they're talking about, but that doesn't mean that I'm just going to let lie down and let you take my freedoms and my rights away from me. And I'm going to argue my points against you. And not just sit there and go, well, it's, you know, YouTube's right to do it. Like, no, they have the power to sway the entire debate. These companies, I, it's experience that I have that you listeners probably don't have. I have done, I have worked on these platforms for 15 years in marketing. I can make you do things that you, that, that I can persuade you, okay, which is great. 
That's how the free market works. But it, I just don't, I'm getting to a point where I just don't think that smartphones and social media are good for us, good for me, good for society. And Harry has like a Grinch-like smile uh, because awesome. he's, been, he's been saying it for three years. But I, I really think that we're, we're at a point where we've got something that has the ability to massively rob us of our rights by barely pushing a button and we're not we're not fighting back. We're not using the power of the market and saying, I disagree with you. I, I should have the right to peacefully put this content. I'm not I'm not doing anything dangerous. I'm assembling a gun. How is that dangerous? You know, like just because you're uneducated and you think David Hogg is a spokesperson, like this little fucking twit goes out and says on an interview, um, the NRA doesn't care. If they had blood splattered across their face for my for my uh, fellow students, they wouldn't care because they got money for it. Like, shut the fuck up, you little idiot. Like, you're an idiot. You're using an emotional appeal. You just, like, there's nothing about David Hogg that is persuasive, and it's going to backfire big time, and I cannot wait. Because he's just so grotesque in the way that he participates in public discourse. He's disgusting. And so many of these people are disgusting in the way that they're talking about gun rights. It's disgusting the way that we are propagandized over the Russia investigation and interference to the point that Congress, like these companies, they're laying down because they don't want to get regulated. And then I'll let Harry get in here. But like uh, Nick Gillespie writes uh, March 22nd, Mark Zuckerberg is calling for regulation of social media to lock in Facebook's position. So now Zuckerberg, the founder and head honcho at Facebook, is going all in on government regulation. The question, he told Wire's Nicholas Thompson, isn't should there be regulation or shouldn't there be? It's how do you do it? On CNN, he said, I am actually not sure uh, we shouldn't be. Um, we shouldn't be regulated. I think in general technology and an increasing and important trend in the world, I think the question is more what is the right regulation than yes or no, should we be regulated? What gives? I'd like to suggest that Zuckerberg's response has little or nothing to do with civic-mindedness in the wake of ridiculously overblown panics over Russian trolls buying campaign ads showing Jesus wrestling Satan or still-cresting fears that Cambridge Analytica used Facebook data to deny Hillary Clinton her rightful role as the first woman president. Rather, Zuck is using these incidents as a way to cement Facebook's centrality in a radical, radically volatile social media landscape. It was only a few weeks ago, after all, that we were treated to a, sp a spate of stories about how Facebook was losing younger v users by the millions. Um, yeah, no, I talked to a bunch of high school students, young broadcasters, uh, last week. Not one of them used Facebook. Yeah. Like a dozen of them, all in college, don't use Facebook. Like he's, he's trying to build regulation that he's using the force of government, and he has continually done that to cement his position, Twitter's position, Apple's position, and Amazon's position. They've used the government to protect themselves to fuck us over. And by us, I mean people who are libertarian. Like, and you should be mad about it. <laughs> like, instead of sticking up for them, you should say, this isn't right. Like, I'm going to leave the platform, or I'm going to start telling, I'm going to start doing the, doing the research about how it affects your brain and start telling people about it. 
Uh, if you think I'm an idiot or if you think I'm wrong, call in 317-699-7236. Uh, I just see so many of you making this argument of, uh, it's their property, and you're not wrong, but you're also just giving up, and it really pisses me off, because libertarians should value free speech and the right to be heard as much, if not more, than property rights, because as libertarians, nobody gives a fuck about what we think, (laughs) and we're the first to be silenced in any society. So you have to fight extra hard for your ability to be heard. And you're giving up on it, and it pisses me off. So 317-699-7236. Harry, I've said a lot here. Sure, dude. And it's um, really awesome. Uh, I'm glad you're on the same page. There's a We Are Libertarians um, episode where um, I went on a massive rant about this exact same thing a few years ago. And and I, I remember when Facebook started to distance itself and take off a lot of the uh, protocols that Facebook used that made it more open, and they started to wall garden off Facebook. Yeah. And I remember I'm sitting out there sounding alarm, and you looked at me like I was an idiot. Yeah. Everybody, you're not alarm. I'm not making, I don't know what you know, I'm going to pick, pick it on you. Everyone did. Of course. Everyone looked at me like, what are you sounding the alarm for? Why do you care? You don't understand what Facebook is doing. They're yeah. wall guarding it off Facebook. So what? No, no. Before that time, Facebook used open protocols, uh, federated protocols, so it would talk to other things. So you, 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 know, you didn't have to use Facebook Messenger to, to talk on Messenger. There's tons of different uh, like messenger systems you could use to talk with people on Facebook. It was also at a time that Facebook used Friendica. So you didn't care that, like, oh, I'm on Facebook, whatever. I've got Friendica. I've got my own server. I can control my own server. I'll, you know, and I can find you, post my own photos, post my own things, and be, use this federated code that Facebook used. You still use Facebook. I can still communicate with you because they use this federated code, and now they don't. They've wall guarded themselves off. Right. So stuff like Friendica, like that, doesn't compete with Facebook. Oh, there's tons of different alternatives. Yeah, people have been making these for years, but it was, it has made a lot harder. So they started wall guarding themselves off. Yeah. Um, so it's refreshing to hear you, especially you, coming more, sounding more like me, um, and moving this way. It helps gives me hope for everyone else, thinking like, wait a minute, we need to control our own platform. We need to do this. Just like on the back end, hey, I've got, you know, I can, I can make a forum page in about it took me about ten minutes to get it all up and running. I can too, but that's yeah. part. Of, that's part of the discussion. Oh, no, just, Here, just, here's the th- here's the thing because I want under pe- other people to understand the dilemma because you get it. I have spent fifteen years on these platforms building hmm. businesses and investing a tremendous amount of time, money, and effort into getting people to gather on their platform because it made sense. And and at a certain point. About three years ago, Facebook was it. Like there wasn't it, social media. Uh, other social medias just weren't even. And this is the great thing about the market, is I think Facebook, by I think things like, um, I think things like collecting your text logs and your phone call logs on using your app, is is as a backdoor way to scan. Of course, we all know that they do shady shit with your data, but as a marketer, I've never like I have access. As a, as a marketer, if you like the We Are Libertarians Facebook page, I can see a large block of interests, okay? I can't see your information, Harry, but I can see 
the largest amount of people that like our page are veterans. Mm-hmm. Okay, they're 144 percent more likely to be veterans that like this page. Uh, the majority of our listeners, according to the, our Facebook likes, are are white, millennial, middle class, regular day job, white collar folks, just about to buy their first house. Like that's our audience makeup. Mm-hmm. I know that because you've liked our page. If you're one of those people. And and it verifies the anecdotal evidence that I have when I talk to people. But and I'm fine with that. Okay? I'm fine giving them some basic information about myself because I understand I'm using a service that is free and I get tremendous value, they get tremendous value, and it works for everybody. But when you go in and you and you shift the terms every two years on us and you basically what I what I like I feel defraud your users and lie to them uh, and like collecting Harry has an Android. Harry probably had the Facebook Messenger app. No, God no. <laughs> F that. Right. No, I never I never downloaded right. it. But if you've got an Android phone and you've got it, they've been collecting your text messages and your phone calls. Yeah. Well well like uh not the actual content but the actual numbers and metadata. That's the thing. Just remember the BS when the when the when, when it got separated and people were like, It's fine, download the messenger. No. Right. No, I'm not downloading the messenger. You used to poke me on this thing all the time. They're like, it was play chess on the messenger. No, I'm not getting on the messenger. Right. Uh, Again, social engineering looking back, that's social engineering to get you to download the app. Like, right. You can't you can't use Facebook Messenger on a browser. No. On a phone. They will not let you. I've deleted. Uh, have you been able to? Yeah. Oh yeah. On iOS, it is. I'm oh, incapable yeah. of messaging on the app you without ha- the app. You have to see the. Um, if you got a large enough phone, you can actually just tell it just just show me the desktop page. Yeah. Show me the desktop. I want. I want. So you get this massive. This looks like the desktop, and after they scroll all the way down to the bottom of the page on this little screen, and I can talk in the messenger inside the inside the web browser. Gotcha. Um, and that's how I communicate on. Facebook through the browser on my Android device, but before you Apple people get cocky, about like, "Ah, oh, look what's going on in Android." Apple takes all your info. They don't want to share. They don't want to share it with. They don't want to share it with Facebook. Apple right. wants that. But it's it's a stupid um, thing where I go. I trust Apple way more than I trust Facebook. Like I don't know what that is in my brain, but I, I feel like they are more trustworthy of a company than Facebook, and I'll tell you why. And it's because I have had three big instances. Where as a business owner, as a person who works for businesses, who you, who centrally uses their tool and social tools and web tools uh, to market these businesses, Facebook has changed the rules on us so many times. And mm-hmm. listen, I get it, and it is, it is part of what I love about Facebook is that they're always trying to innovate and do the next big thing, but it's now starting to get creepy and it's been creepy, but I've just sort of overlooked it. And now I'm at the point where it's like, like, like I don't know what it is, but this text message thing is like the final straw for me. Like it, it is like the whole Russia thing. I've been defending them because they didn't do anything wrong. Like Cambridge Analytica, that whole scandal is not a scandal. The friend of friend thing that they were doing to market to people was incorrect. They corrected it and. It was a big mistake that they shouldn't they shouldn't have made that. But what company isn't going to make mistakes? The problem for Facebook is that they're in the in, a, in what's been coined the surveillance capitalism business. And when GE makes a mistake, some product gets ruined. Mm-hmm. When Facebook makes a mistake, they expose m- billions of people to 
issues. Millions of people. So I, I'm just looking at this going, you know, I'm an early adopter. I started saying in December, I mean, you've been saying it forever, but because you understand the back end code of it more, but from a community building, marketing, and uh, product standpoint, uh, I know we've probably got two to five years before Facebook is MySpace, so there's plenty of time, mm-hmm. but I'm definitely crafting my exit plans because because I, I've, I'm, I'm fortunate that I got in when organic growth happened because I was able to build We Are Libertarians when organic growth was actually taking place. And I wasn't, you know, or like we have 87,000 Facebook likes. If I post something, only 3% of you will see it. It wasn't like that five years ago. (laughs) You know, it wasn't that way because they wanted people to interact with pages. So now they want me to pay. I'm not going to give Facebook tens of thousands, you know, dozens of dollars a day Mm -hmm. (laughs) to, to have almost no result. Like if I do Facebook ads to try and market to those 87,000 people to get them to listen to the podcast feed and subscribe on us, it doesn't work. And I'm not alone. Literally every podcasting, you know, podcast about podcasting, they all say don't spend money on Facebook ads. It doesn't convert to podcast subscribers. And I threw a lot of money at that testing it. But uh, Yep, we used to play with it. Yeah, and it, you know what? It's really good if you want them to get, if you want to get more likes, <laughs> it's really good for that. There's no there's no value in me spending money on Facebook ads at this point unless I want to spend major bucks but well just ask yourself as you scroll through your Facebook feed how many new pages do you see N- none that you don't yeah you don't unless you actively see a page you don't see it you know? right and they even bury pages even when you're trying to go search for a page of local businesses it gets buried unless you have a direct link yeah but yeah it's yeah the writings on the wall there's you know it's dying and it's going to die like a, uh, hopefully a good death the well but, YouTube Twitter and Facebook have they're showing weakness because of censorship and they're they're silencing voices and that's the canary in the coal mine this is what i keep trying to say to you guys <laughs> when you can make the argument that well it's their platform if they want to delete me off of their platform but that has real consequences in society that has real consequences for the vote that has real consequences for the future laws that are being made because when libertarian and conservative voices are not on these platforms when they can push a lot of social change, you're fucked. Okay? It means something. It means a lot. It yeah. is why Donald Trump won the election over Hillary Clinton is because he was able able to get enough virility, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. online virality, to get himself over the hump, over these memes won, memes won an election. It yeah. means something. Mm-hmm. And if you don't fight for your right to get these companies to treat you like uh like a first class citizen and not like a dog, you know, then we're all fucked. Right. And and that's what they're doing. They're they're just screwing you over and the biggest thing that you hinted on was that they're defrauding people. They're not doing yeah. what they're saying they're out doing. And that's the right. biggest issue. It's if they say like, no, we're a political arm, this is what we do, and this is what we you know, we're a political arm for this political party of this day. Just be ideology. honest to me. Yeah, just be honest. Yeah. But if they're honest like that, their their platform dies. Yeah. Their dies. Um like Twitter was talking about their like their crappy shadow banding process where, well, you can still post, you can still do things, it goes out to your followers, but there it dies. Yeah. You know, no one sees your tweets. 
Yeah. No one else. No one. You're not. You don't pop up in searches. Okay. So they're controlling you in that way, and they're not. You know, it's like, oh, but it's Twitter. It's like, no. You know, if Twitter says they do that, this is what we do. But instead of that, no, this is open. Everyone talks to everybody. That's not what that is. Then. Yeah. You know. Um. Twitter, Twitter, and Facebook—they're in a different vicarious space than YouTube. It is very simple and very easy to make a Twitter and a Facebook clone, just like mine's is. It's not okay. Well, it's a little bit more than a, mine's a little bit more than a clone. I'm not going to call it a clone, but it's similar like, like that because it's just all text based and some photos hosting, right? Right. With YouTube, which is the ability from that, the problem with 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 YouTube is that it is 1080p video hosting. That is expensive. Right, and it's the main reason. Like, um, I, sometimes I don't get upset when some YouTubers are like, "I'm not making money." He's like, dude, you know how much money your videos cost? You know how many videos that you have made? Like, some people are like, I've made three videos a day. Yeah, ten minute videos, 1080p hosted that on a website. Yeah, dude, I'm shocked you made any money. You shouldn't have made any money if you had to do that on your own website, something like that. You would make crap. Right, but. And that's why uh, everyone keeps asking for like a YouTube alternative. It doesn't work, and that's why YouTube is getting their butt kicked on live streaming because Twitch is just live streaming, and it's and, and it's the only other competitor out there for really for live streaming. But live streaming is easier than having video out there. Yes, uh, that's why there's the that's why there's other so many like like Twitch is watching their butt because Mixer is sitting at them, Hitbox is sitting there right back looking at them like you mess up, you're over here because. Um, they may write stuff in their terms of service to go after different people, but you know if they go after too much, they'll lose the mixer and other things like that. Because they're not hosting video, they're just doing live streaming. Which you know, it's you know they've been doing live streaming, not hosting things for years on cheap little websites. So uh, this is by Ro- Robert Epstein. Vimeo sucks. Sorry, go ahead. Vimeo sucks. Vimeo's for art students. It blows. Yeah. Um, I am going to um. I just want to show you the power of these companies. Uh, so f- first, I'm going to post in the um, I'm going to I'm going to post something uh, a Tom Woods episode, episode 1061 from December 15th of 2017, where he talked to Robert Epstein about the search engine manipulation effect. Um, so Robert Epstein basically proved that you can sway an election by like 20 30 points you can massively sway uh an election for, and and this is it, it was in mid december when i went you know i know these companies have a lot of power but i don't think i realized how much power they had in terms of political discourse and persuasion and it and it's going to be the same with AI too. As AI becomes more and more prevalent, and Glenn Beck has talked a lot about this, and he's totally right. What it is, the machines themselves are not going to be evil or malintentioned. It's the intentions of the programmers. What are the programmers teaching them? What are the signals that we are sending them now that are going to be the outcome later? Mm-hmm. And it's very important to be involved in these discussions because there's tremendous power in, in all of these. And subliminal stimulation uh, is is a part of all of this. Uh, Robert Epstein writes an A-E-ON. <laughs> I'll put this article in there. Sorry. Uh, subliminal stimulation is probably still in wide use in the U.S. It's hard to detect, after all, and no one is keeping track of it. But it's probably not worth worrying about. Research suggests that it has only a small impact. 
Um, Packard had uncovered a much bigger problem, however, namely that powerful corporations were constantly looking for, and in many cases already applying, a wide variety of techniques for controlling people without their knowledge. Um, So the forces that Packard had described had become more pervasive over the decades. The soothing music we all hear overheard in the supermarkets causes us to walk more slowly and buy more food, whether we need it or not. Uh, that's there's Pablo Echo, I think is his name. Why we buy? Fantastic book on all the different ways that you are being marketed to. I highly recommend that you take a look at that and read that because more than anything, yes, you need to be an educated consumer, and you need to be a vocal critic of all of these different things so you can educate other people about what's going on so they can make an informed decision. Like libertarians, so often have to be the counterweight to just the the flow of society. Uh, and that's really what I want to impress on you. Um, to understand how the new forms of mind control work, we need to start by looking at the search engine. One in particular, the biggest and the best, is Google. Google's search engine is so good and so popular, the company's name is now a commonly used verb in languages around the world. Uh, Google is good at giving us the information we want. The ordered list is so good, in fact, that about 50% of our clicks get to the top two items, and more than 90% of our clicks go to the 10 items listed on the front page of results. Few people look at other results, even though they often number in the thousands, which means they probably contain lots of good information. Uh, Essentially, the way that Google works is it's like it mimics the human brain. Like, if Harry comes up to me and says, what's a good restaurant to go to near me? And I said, hmm, spaghetti shouldn't be nailed to the wall. He probably wouldn't come back and ask me for another recommendation. But if he gets 17 recommendations from 17 different people and 10 of them all say, oh, Charlie's is really good, he's going to go to O'Charlie's. And that social proof is what tells the algorithm, "Eh, put O'Charlie's at the top. O'Charlie's wouldn't be at the top, but you get the point. Except on Wednesday when it's got free pie. When it's oh, pie free day. pie day is the shit, Yeah, free man. pie day and half off margaritas. I love free pie day. Um, we predicted that the opinions and voting preferences of 2 or 3% of the people in the two bias groups, the groups in which, uh, let me go back, uh, to make our experiment realistic, we used real search results that linked to real web pages. We used a real election, the 2010 election for the Prime Minister of Australia. Uh, we... Their lack of familiarity with the candidates assured this, because U.S. people don't know shit about Australia. Uh, so they basically did an, an online search, these two to three groups. Uh, the proportion of people favoring the search engine's top-rate candidate increased 48%, and all five of our measures shifted toward that candidate. What's more, 75% of the people in the bias group seem to have been completely unaware that they're reviewing biased search rankings. In the control group, opinions did not shift significantly. Um, They did another experiment, 2,000 people in all 50 states. The shift in voting preferences was 37%, uh, as high as 80% in some demographics. So there's a tremendous amount of power, and we know the political biases of of these companies, and they probably should be destroyed. <laughs> and we should probably use the market forces by leaving these platforms and supporting other platforms to do it. We did it with MySpace. MySpace got lame. 
Well, Facebook is just as lame. Um, and I, I just, and uh, Harry, I mean, you've not been on what what social media? I mean, you're on all these social media things, but you don't use any of them anymore. Yeah, I because I went there because I'm usually there because my friends are there, and mm-hmm. that's where they want to talk at. Right. You know, uh, like I'm still on Facebook because Wall's there. Right. right. And I want to talk to you guys, but I've been with you doing for the Tuesday shows and stuff like that, and coming over to Discord, I've been spending less and less time talking and doing things over over on Facebook. Yeah. And now I mostly just use Facebook to find crappy leftist memes and coordinate games. That's about it. Um, but the whole idea of like, talking about like using different things, um, how many of you guys are actually going to put DuckDuckGo back there and, and use DuckDuckGo? They have, a, they have an iOS app now. Ooh, you're actually going to open up DuckDuckGo? It's on my phone. Sweet. Yep. Awesome. Why Why DuckDuckGo? Explain that. DuckDuckGo uh, is a search engine that doesn't record uh, basically like uh, what you searched. They're trying right. to profile you. They're doing about the same type of algorithm, just like the same way Google is, but they're not concerned about who the heck you are. Right. Just more of what you're searching for. So if I want to leave, I mean, leaving Google to me seems impossible because like my no, Gmail's not. there. Like it, it tons seems- of other Gmail, tons of other email clients. Email is it's federated code. A hundred different things. If you felt like it, hey, we can use that Mac in the corner, and we'll, we can put an email server in your bathroom if you really okay, want to. Okay, I'm not Hillary. Okay, I'm not, right. I'm not going to prison. But oh, yeah. wait, I won't. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, we can. We, yeah, I can. We can build you an email server, or you can go a different place, or like the domain. Like I use an email server from the uh, from that I use for the, the where I got all my web domains from. I just use theirs. But here's the thing: like, what what do you need? Like, uh, what do you need? A no, web based um, processing? No, slot? no, no. I mean, I've got email through the website stuff that mm-hmm. I have. I mean, I have plenty. I have twenty five. E- I have twenty five emails through Bluehost. Uh, so that's not an issue, but. Oh, it's Google Plus that you're missing? Yeah. No, the, the the problem with leaving these platforms, and I'm sure a lot of other people will identify with this, is you've got a lot of stored data there. Yep. You know, yes, my my family photos are on Facebook. Mm-hmm. My, I, I've, I love the time hop feature because then I can go back and look at what I was thinking 15 years ago. Yep. Like, I love that old data. That keeps me there. The other part that keeps me there is what you said. That's where other people are. You know, and I want to leave these platforms, but is my audience going to go with me? Because I still do get a lot of traffic. I was able to start a Patreon that brought in a thousand dollars a week because there's a Facebook group, because there's Facebook that was a, I was able to promote it. Like mm-hmm. uh, I'm fortunate that I have been I've been able to build these other platforms like this podcast, and we have an email uh, now. But I mean, what would you say to somebody like me who's like a personally sentimental and b tied to the audiences that i have there uh let's see it would take some indian guy probably like a day for like 10 bucks and probably download all those photos (laughs) for you and get them you know in a searchable database for yourself it's not that hard you can easily make that done and if you really want a time hop feature what you're thinking about that day get a journal okay and they said the journal to talk, you could program the journal to tell you about different things you were thinking about five years, two years in the past, or, or pick a random number and just pick things out for you that you could set yourself. Um, people being there, I get that. That's really hard because it's kind of like going like, hey, I may hate this bar, hate this nightclub, but hey, that's where people are. That's, that's where, where my gotta, friends like to go. Where my friends yeah. like to go, you know, so I get end up going there. It's like when that's go- a rub. But when you go to a bar and you go to there to meet your friends, 
You know, do you just like, hey, this is where I know you from? Okay, now there's a couple bars. Like, there's a bar I go to, and the bartender, I can't remember the guy's name. I don't know his phone number. All I know him as 86Guy because he drives an 86, okay? Um, and we like to hang out. We drive on Fall Creek, his 86, my RX-8. Now, I don't know his name and stuff like that, but the difference with what you're doing is that you're getting their email. Email is very powerful because, like I said, it's federated code. Email is... Email doesn't need, you know, uh, most of these things that most people think of the internet doesn't need that. The email just needs to be out there to be able to use the protocol. That's it. It's a, it's a protocol. It's just out there. Right. So having, and the emails is the most powerful thing you can ever do because no matter what platform you choose to post on, or if you post on no platform at all, you can always email them the link to get that information. That's why sure. email is so powerful. Which, because if you decide to just use a VPS to post live videos on and communicate and do everything on this podcast, then you just send that email out. It doesn't yeah. matter what platform they're on. So what? You could never get on another social media platform in, in the world as long as you got the email list and people open the email. Uh, you, it's more of a – I think you should be probably more to, one, growing the email list and putting little things in the email – Okay, now I feel like I'm putting you on the spot when I say this. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. But uh, putting things in the email list to make people want to open the emails and want to be on the email list. Like, there's something special that's in that email. Sure. So no matter what happens, I've got the, you know, they want to get the email. They open the email. Like, hey, Facebook ban us today. Um, we're on um, Grubhub. Or, you know, come on um, to, yeah, I know Grubhub. But uh, we're, uh, or James Nees decided to, Booted us a new server, doesn't have a domain name yet, but here's the IP address. Go to 192.168.1.1 and you can watch all the Wheeler Terrence content is there. Okay? Mm-hmm. It's, um, you know, it's, that, that's what I see be, be able to catch those people. But other than to find people, to go out and find people, you have to go to where people are. So that's, you know, social networks like that. Um, and Right, but see, that's the rough. I mean, that's. But that's the other thing. It's, is, it's hard. It, right, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's hard. It's right. hard. It's hard. You because to to- so much of modern media now has become niche. And so I think we're really kind of heading back towards the. And I'm, I'm ecstatic for this. I'm happy to go back to Internet 1.0. Where yeah. where it is it is the blog role is king right yes you know? yes that's especially the email list it is the blog right. role or the blogs you follow and going to uh, user groups and stuff like that of like oh this is why I've like or the recommendations be- is recommendations and reviews are the most libertarian things you can ever do that's a quote from Michael W Dean and I freaking believe it it's because it helps other people find things and it also keeps it all free market okay yeah. the the ability to find someone out well, on the internet. And to right? that, let it's, me say, I cannot express to this audience how incredibly powerful and important it is for you to go to the iTunes and Android store and give this podcast a five-star rating and a, on a positive comment. Because iTunes is how we're found. Like, that is how we've grown from 2,000 an episode to 7,000 an episode in less than, less than six months. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, uh, Spangle, you have a, a fear of being ostracized. Grant, let me explain something to you. I have a business, and I want to, and, and it is a business communicating to people. I'm being ragged on by two people in the chat who don't have the same uh, goals in terms of how to communicate with people that I do. Okay, so you're you're trying to catch up with friends and family and talk about video games and shit. And I'm out here trying to promote a business and help it grow. Like, I'm marketing a business. That's a very different platform. 
and I have a lot of things, a lot of time, money, and energy invested into pages and groups and profiles on these platforms that mm-hmm. drive a lot of so our email list is three four hundred people yeah which is not enough it, it, it is in, with an open rate of 20 percent. that's not that many people Oof. and so if you're trying to well that's standard right yeah so if i post a piece of content to eighty seven thousand people and five percent of them see it and one percent of them click it it's 500 clicks back to the article mm-hmm. versus three on the email right. so you i mean that's the, that's the equation yeah. you know what i mean like yeah. so it's it's not a matter of well you're afraid to leave these things you're afraid to be ostracized no it's a business decision right it's not the same it's not the same and that's the a business decision that a lot of business owners are having because business owners that i work with that are small businesses that i do consulting with have put a lot of time and effort into trying to communicate to the public what they do and their product and how they can improve it, and that's going away and quickly. Yeah, because <laughs> and, well, it, and it has over the last yeah. year. And what the thing is is like what Spangle has realized in his last few months is that Facebook and Twitter, these social networks, that's not where he wants to build his community at. Those are advertising platforms. Having a Facebook page is a billboard. That's exactly what it is. You know, it's a yeah. billboard you're driving past at thousands of miles per hour. I'm okay? not afraid of being included. Yeah. I'm the one who is building the community, Grant. Yeah, I'm bu- building the community <laughs> like, until you come over here. It's not a matter of being ostracized. Yeah. It, it is a matter of I've got uh, several hundred people who like this podcast. Mm-hmm. And I need to know where you guys want to talk at. Yeah, that's it's really like, what it comes down to. Yeah, it's like some people who sell stuff on eBay or Amazon. They do it like F, like for like right. that. F- they don't. F- yeah, they don't want to do it. Amazon sucks to sell stuff on. Right? They charge you. Right. Their return thing sucks. You deal with some jackass who wants to buy a three terabyte hard drive. Right? You're like, oh, cool. I sold that hard drive. They take it. They use it to transfer another hard drive and use Amazon return policy, and you get this hard drive that has been used all weekend long. Yeah. Okay. That sucks. So what you do? Hey, you just use Amazon as advertisement. You jack up the price of all your equipment so no one really goes there, and but you really mostly just put stuff out there to gauge a market price and tell people to come to your other site. Yeah, like, you know, or because you put stuff on there like this way, you see stuff ridiculous on. No one's gonna buy. You know, I'm gonna sell 20 GPUs here. No one's really gonna buy that unless they're probably you know Bitcoin mining. But right. they see that hey, this guy's got GPUs. He's got a lot of GPUs. He keeps selling these. He's put these massive lots. None of them are selling. What does he do? Go to his, you know, just use it as an advertisement to go to their website. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, and, and I don't mean th- I don't mean to be snippy at Grant and Chris because they're trying to help. But oh yeah, what you have to understand is I feel. Um, uh, one of the joys of doing We Are Libertarians is building the community around it. Mm-hmm. Because, A, I believe that's how we survive. Uh, that's how I will uh, be able to do this and serve you full time. And, B, I just think it's fun. Like, it is great to see these communities pop up uh, in Discord, in the Facebook groups, and in other places. And I want to keep building that for people. So what I what I really would like to know because if you've made it this far into the episode you're 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 Hardcore. you're more likely to engage with us on other platforms and not just a casual listener. Like I want to keep the community alive and that community currently exists in a Facebook group. Mm-hmm. Uh but I'd like to move that somewhere that we own mm-hmm. and I'm willing to spend the money if I have to, <laughs> to 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 build this stuff, but 
I've got to know where you guys, how you guys want to get information and how you guys want to communicate with me and how you want to communicate with each other mm-hmm. in a post-social world. Yep. Uh, so it is my next decisions over the next few months are really going to be determined by the comments that you give me in email, Facebook comments, posted in the Facebook group, because I'd love to have a discussion within these, within the Discord, within the Facebook groups. Where do you guys want to go next? Because I'm getting a lot of feedback from listeners saying, I don't want to be here. I'm only here because of We Are Libertarians. I want to go somewhere else. Cool. And I'm, I'm, I'm down for that. Yep. But there's going to be probably a larger percentage of people who are just like, I, I'm, all, I'm, I'm not going anywhere else. This is where I'm at. Right, yeah. And that's the other part we like the podcast, the RSS feeds. You don't have to be on iTunes to get the RSS feed, but majority right. of people are, so that's cool. But, you know, you can go to the Google Play Store, just use it, whether like, what a feed burner or whatever the RS feed thing, because it's all, you know, federated, that's also federated code. But, yeah, and if you think we know about a, another platform, we probably don't. I don't. We no, don't. I know about... But see, like we I should know, create a I, spot for people to post that. Well, I've just heard about Mastodon and mm-hmm. Gib Glab. Yeah, Gab. yeah. I knew about Mastodon. I'm not that fan. Mm-hmm. I'm not big of a fan of Mastodon. Mewe. Yeah, um, but Mastodon. Hold on. Okay, how much time we got? Mine's, uh, I don't want to jump into it. Like, but Mastodon is really cool for the idea of making a community place at that mm-hmm. we can actually own the same way, like Friendica, doing something like that to make a social network spot. That you, you remember Ning. Ning, no, you don't remember Ning. No, I don't. I love Ning. Ning. I do, do not remember Ning. I'm oof, man. You just uh, like Ning. There was a group called Smaller India. The best engagement that we are liber- that the Libertarian Party of Indiana had was when I created Free Hoosiers. Mm-hmm. It was like the social network on Ning, and it was so great. Mm. Uh, yeah, there's a guy named. Uh, so we're interviewing the guys at Minds.com. Uh, they're more of a publishing platform, like a medium, I think, than a than a community-based product, but they seem to have a good funding model because that's the other part. If if we if we go somewhere, I want it to last. <laughs> yeah, um, MeWe and Mastodon and Gab and who knows if these places are going to exist. My buddy uh, here in Indianapolis started a, a thing called Roust, mm-hmm. uh, and he was two years too early, uh, but he's apparently getting it back together, and it's just for politics. And that's the thing. Like, if I were Facebook, I'd just say like. No more politics. We've created an algorithm that will erase politics from the platform. Like, make it fair and equitable. You know what I mean? Like, if you're going to censor me, if you're going to censor YouTube, if you're going to censor me on YouTube, censor the left, censor the center, censor the conspiracy theorists, censor the daily, uh, what's the weekly standard, and the Young Turks. Like, censor everybody equally. But they're not doing that. So, fuck them. I don't want to be there anymore. Uh, and I don't, I don't necessarily want to go um, to any platform tied to a big company, uh, but I don't want to go to just like a BB forum on the website because that doesn't allow you to upload photos and memes and videos and all that kind of stuff. No, not necessarily. Mm-hmm. You can set up a um, BBS that lets you set up f- photos, right? Uh, and we can host those photos. If we do video, it will you will chug. It. That's can, what I'm saying. Yeah. But you know, we could do video. Like, hey, you've got to be a paid subscriber, pay this a month to post videos, but you only get this minute. You get one video, right? But that's see, that's the, that's the other problem is we're at a stage in our growth where uh, another two hundred dollars for something that has been free and mm-hmm. works really well. Yeah. Like, let's be honest, Facebook, YouTube, these things work really well, and I'm yeah. not, I'm not I, like. 
it, I think for me, it's about where am I going to invest my energy and time yeah. and promotion. I know. Maybe Google Plus might make a comeback from all this crap. Come to Google Plus. We're, we will leave. Google finds like we'll leave. We'll we'll mess with you on YouTube, but we'll leave you alone on Google Plus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. But like yeah, because like the Discord. I originally started the Discord just to collect the Wheel Libertarians gamers because I would met, meet a couple of them on like on Facebook. I hit with them on Steam, and we play a couple of games. And Steam voice chat sucks, so I was like, you know what? Let's make a Discord. Let's talk, and you know. And then it started to grow. Because honestly, if I thought Discord would have been this way, there's a different platform I would have went through that we would own and control, and it'd be better. Now, not necessarily. I would love to move to that, but I've got that sitting on the back. It's on a flash drive on my desk. So if Discord ever goes, I'm just gonna push out another right. link. Like this, we can talk. Do I want to move there now? Yeah, I'm fine. Discord works. Yeah, Discord works. Who it's owns red. Who owns Discord? You know, I'm not really sure. Hey, you should. You've moved us all to this platform. You know nothing about it. No, no, <laughs> no, nothing about it. I know it's cool and it works. It works for me, and I do understand that. Uh, just like, and I treat it like every other platform that they are recording everything from my microphone when it's on and turned on. Like I know I'm bitching and I apologize, but like this has been stressing me out the last couple. I mean, well, it's it, it's not something that I I've been thinking. I mean, I've been thinking about this for months at this point, like because the, the gravy train has been over, mm-hmm. uh, and it has been increasingly harder to grow an audience here. So, like I know I'm, I I know I'm bitching and I, and I'm sorry for that, but it is it is. Uh, it's, it's frustrating and annoying. It's frustrating because when you when you when you look at these these companies, it's almost like partners. Mm-hmm. Like if you're going to be, well, uh, they are if you paid money. And I have, trust me. I mean, it, it may be free, but for people like me, a content creator, it, it hasn't been free. Right. You know what I mean? It's not only has it not been free because I paid advertising to them. It, they've gotten a tremendous amount of free advertising at the top of my show. I tell you to go to their platform, mm-hmm. you know. And what have I gotten in return? The middle finger. So you know what? We're out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. and I, I and I play this game too. And I am not alone. I know. As I've kind of started looking around the last week or two, there are a ton of content creators, not just political people, but everybody going. What's next? Or onto their own platform or directing yeah. everyone. I think I talked about that uh, yeah. motor trend. It's like, nope, we're going to our own platform. Yeah. We're going to concentrate on a Roku channel and doing this. You know, And it's like, okay, that's cool. That's rocks. Part of it is exciting because it is like, because there was a period where you just thought. make a Roku channel. Uh, listen, I just, I got the apps and I'm, I'm tapped for now. I got trips <laughs> that I got to pay for. I'm going to Porkfest and the National Convention, my brother's wedding in Vegas within a month period. Give me like six months, <laughs> uh, then we can talk about Roku apps. Then we'll need you to go to the mountaintop when um, I'll need you to decide over Gunther's libertarian arranged marriage. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about this last night because I deleted Bumble for the eight hundredth time because I was so annoyed with that too. Are we really better off without arranged marriages? <laughs> like, <laughs> arranged marriages, like I know we did that, and it, like people weren't crazy about it, but I'm not crazy about this. So, uh, but no, I, I think I'm I'm in a I'm in the place that a lot of people are in, and uh, I'm just kind of being honest with you guys, and uh, just saying like, but it is kind of exciting because we thought that these big companies were just going to be the big companies forever. 
Like, Facebook seemed invincible. There's 2 billion people on the platform, and you knew they had fundamental problems like every other company, but they could go MySpace real quick, and MySpace went real quick, like in a year. Mm-hmm. And Reddit is doing things that, that they've survived, but, you know, these... Barely. Barely. Uh, and, you know, the big it's when they become corporations. Reddit's only survived because, like, they've just had so much there, and it's too hard to move stuff off. Right. That the, their communities that are there, they, they're in, they're digging like a tick, and Reddit has backed off. That's that's the other thing. Reddit backed off. Yeah, and they fired Elaine Powell, uh-huh. and yeah, who's a cancer. <laughs> fired like, whoa, 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 we're sorry, sorry. Well, Reddit. Part of the problem, and and this is why I really I know you like anonymity, but in terms of community building, I don't like that because it defeats the purpose of community building. Because I want you to, I want you to know who Christy Avery is. I want you to know who Brantley is. I want you to know Stone. I know eight six guy. <laughs> right. I want you, but like if it's an anonymous, like I want you to make friends by interacting with our community. And if it's anonymous, it does two things: it keeps you from bonding in an intimate way with other people that are like minded, and B, it makes it harder for everybody to move because I can't send an anonymous person. You know, like, hey, uh, on on Reddit and go, hey, we're moving over here. Well, I want to be anonymous, so I'm not joining you. So I just don't like the culture of online anonymity. I know you do, but I'm not a fan of it because I just think it, it, like, I'm a fan in terms of, I just think that if you state political opinions, you should put your name on it. Three years, right? Three years, he changes tune. Three years, right? He's like, I'm going to be anonymous. (laughs) No, this is not, uh, trust me, I've... I, I'm uh, and I will I will wrap up with this uh, because I'm going to play a clip um, I'm, I'm from something. I'm sure Count Dankula wished he was anonymous. Oh, we need to talk about. Count I'm sure Dankula. Count Dankula. Yes, wished, thank you. I'm sure Count Dankula is like I wish I was anonymous. So Count Count Dankula, we played a little bit at the in the uh, bonus segment. Uh, so right before we start the show, we do a little bonus segment, and um, we we played a Count Dankula video, and I found him because of his court case. Really funny guy. He likes to push. He likes to push the edge. Uh, he is. <laughs> he's a shit poster. He's now the Nelson Mandela of shit posters. Uh, but he's he. I I don't know. I wouldn't say he's alt right. He just seems very common sense to me. But he is right leaning. He's Scottish. Uh, he's definitely in that he's pro-Trump crowd. Classical liberal. He's Scottish. He's, that's where Scottish, yeah. most of the, or your libertarian traditions come from. So get yeah. over yourselves. He just he hates PC culture, and that's kind of what he fights back against the most. And so he makes these funny videos on YouTube. Uh, he's got 146,000 subscribers. He's only got 105 videos. Wow. And then they're just memes. Yeah. Uh, but so he did this video a year ago. and Two years ago. Two years ago? Okay. Uh, and people have, have put that. But he's documented all this on his YouTube channel. He made this video where he, his uh, girlfriend loves uh, this little pug. And pugs, as I refer to them, God's little mistakes. Uh, <laughs> that's them breathing as they just stand. Pugs love bacon, though. Um, so, <laughs> pugs love bacon. Okay. Um so Count Dankula does this joke where he teaches his dog to do a Nazi salute, and the command is gas the Jews. So here, let me play a little bit of this. Girlfriend is always ranting and raving about how cute and adorable her wee dog is, and so I thought I would turn them into the least cute thing that I could think of, which is a Nazi. So he says right there, the worst thing I can think of 
is a Nazi. Buddha, do I gas the juice? Do I gas the juice? Mom will gas the juice, son. Do I gas the juice? Do I gas the juice? Come on, gas the juice. Mom, gas the juice, son. Mom. Can you remember do what I the dog the- is doing? Uh, he was he was going crazy. Right now, he's just gently sitting in a chair, kind of staring. Juice. Now he starts. Do I gas the juice? Do I gas the juice? He's calmly laying there. As you can hear, he's going because they can't breathe. And God didn't make pugs. I'm supposed to get that corrected too. Uh, they're God's little mistakes. God didn't make pugs. Victorian people made pugs. Humans, man made pugs. All right. So here, here now he's sitting there. He's just laying there. Gosh, the Jews. He immediately he like freaks out and looks. Jews. He lifts his little head up. Looks. It's time to get up now, Buddha. It's time to get up. Do I gas the Jews? Now the dog is sitting in front of uh, a screen watching the uh, Lenny Riefenstahl film at the in Nuremberg with all the lights. <laughs> <laughs> so this little dog then starts just putting his paw up and see Kyleing. It's it's I don't know how he got him to do it. Zekyle. Shake. Zekyle. Gas the Jews. Gas the Jews. He looks up every time he says it. Do I gas the Jews? Buddha. Do I gas the Jews? Mon gas the Jews, me! Mon gas the Jews! Gas the Jews? <laughs> Zekyle! And he does it perfectly. Zekyle! 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 Who's a good wee Nazi? <laughs> what, gas the Jews? Gas the Jews? Oh, gross. So that, that's that's it. I mean, he basically, he just uh, starts... Oh, I'm turning off the phones. Nobody's calling. So it, 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 it's comedy. The guy says at the beginning, this is not right. These, these are the worst people I can think of. Mm-hmm. And then teaches his dog a reaction when he says a phrase. And so he is now a convicted criminal. He was brought up on hate crime and hate speech charges in Scotland, mm-hmm. and he was convicted and, and found guilty. He's awaiting sentencing in April. He could get up to three years for this. All that freedom. All that freedom. He didn't get a joke license. Nope. And the uh, the judge that did it over there, they was like, calling it a joke is no magic wand. Really? Right. Yeah, and the thing is, like, he didn't push his thing out to millions of people. He, he, at the time of the video, he had, like, what, 10 subscribers on right. his YouTube channel. So just him and his mates just sitting there. This is what we dank, you know. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and someone thought it was funny. It got to Reddit. Millions of people then saw it, you know. And then someone wrecked it. And then the court saw it. They got offended. No one else got offended. Right. No one saw that and go, oh, this is offensive. They saw it. They were offended. And then they, they started the bracing charges. Yeah, uh, so it's really incredible, and like the the prosecutor, their version of the prosecutor was like, it's it, it basically saying he wanted to fill 
the Nuremberg trials again, and he wanted to have uh, stadiums full of not of Jews killed. Like it's just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And what it comes down to is he's being used as uh, a lesson. He's being made an example of, yep. which is unbelievable. But it's it's just this is the this is why you have to really pay attention to your speech. This is why you have to pay attention when they start passing laws when you're paying attention to free speech. Uh, you looked at me funny. Not not just your speech, but speech being protected not only by um, the government, but also incredibly powerful institutions. Like you go to watch this video, <laughs> uh, the original video. It's hilarious. Uh, you cannot share it because certain features have been disabled for this video. The the uh, you can look it up. M eight Y E R D U G S a Nazi. Mate, your dog's a Nazi. Yeah, uh, yeah, they have they have disabled sharing comments, suggested videos, uh, because and then when you go to watch it, it has this big splash screen that says the following content has been identified by the YouTube community as inappropriate or offensive to some audiences, and you have to click I understand to proceed. Like uh, <laughs> you're you're crim- you're basically telling everybody you're propagandizing that this joke is is wrong. Uh, so you just have to pay attention because it starts with things like sex trafficking and let's crack down on the internet and let's start uh, crafting these tools to get rid of terrorists. And then the PC culture is the other end of the spectrum where all of a the sudden they're starting to craft out. You you need to really get rid of Alex Jones. Like what they're doing to Alex Jones, do you think they're not coming for us next? A middle-of-the-road libertarian podta- podcast? Like if do you think that if we were uh look at what they're doing to the Daily Wire. Like you go Google the Daily Wire, which is run by Ben Shapiro, who is as middle of the road conservative, was a never Trumper. You go to you go to Google search his website and they have fact checking for his website. They're subtly teaching you that any kind of conservative or libertarian thought is bad. You've got to start speaking out. You've got to start saying on these platforms that this is wrong. Use while you still have the voice there. Do it, um, but I can't believe he's he's actually going to jail for this. This is complete bullshit, Harry. Yep. It's um. Well, no, it's those earlier when we were talking about those people put put passing good intention laws because right. I'm sure whoever passed this law had very good intentions. They wanted to make sure you know people weren't right. attacked by speech. So these good intentions used later. To bully someone, to yep. go after somebody that they didn't like, or didn't find it, or didn't find the joke was funny. It's the same way with the Second Amendment or going after any laws or right. You know, people will put in these very good intentions, like Social Security was a very good intention, and mm-hmm. someone has abused it. It was crafted for widows and orphans. Yep. And now it's been expanded to everyone. Mm-hmm. Yep. Of course, you know, I still say that you know. Boomers ruined Social Security. If uh, boomers didn't ruin it, Social Security would pay out at fifty. And oh, I'm sorry, stick. <laughs> uh, so uh, I, I personally, uh, cough for boomer hate on YouTube. Uh, uh, yeah, you called me a boomer today, and I'm not happy about it. You were act. You had boomer tendencies. Uh-huh. Um, I think it's because you were with boomers all day for some reason. Yeah. Uh, and you just kept being all boomer with your IT questions. I hate Windows, and I'm mad I have to use Windows, and that's that's what it is. He, like, sent me, like, a photo of, like, this says it's not genuine. I don't know what to do. I don't know. Put the code in. Check the clock. 
How about then he sent me another one and was like, something's wrong with this thing. It's not updating. Do you have the Intel I threes? I'm like, what what? I'm like, well, you put you put you you took responsibility for these machines, so therefore you took responsibility for me being annoyed with these machines. I don't know how that worked, but yeah. like all of a sudden I because it was your these are the machines that you set up, I lost all ability to do any tech related stuff myself. <laughs> and I was immediately like oh, like the, the the password thing I needed you for, but like the genuine the Microsoft w- Windows Seven is not genuine. Like I probably could have figured that out myself, but for whatever reason I was like, "Man, Harry, you are foiled again." Yeah, I know. I, just, I sit there like I gotta because I heard the Snapchat when I was cooking dinner. I was like, well, "I'll get to that later." I'm sure, Spike just sent me something goofy. Right. What what is this? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I was just uh. Yeah, I was in full boomer mode with that earlier. I was just like, ugh, because that other computer didn't work because it's super old and a piece of crap, and then yeah. this computer didn't work, and I was just like, ugh. That thing's been off for, because uh, the other thing is Spangle likes to do when I build these PCs for him, and they work beautifully. He likes to take them and put them in a storage unit, and then they stay for like a year, and then he likes to bring them out and go like, ugh. Updating forever. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I haven't I haven't had need for them yet, so we're now at a point where we have need. Yeah, I always get to it. Oh yeah, he gets to it. Yeah, I just like and I like and I like and I like and I know I know just busting his balls and it has lead to a little chain yanking. I understand that, <laughs> you know, but you know, and I'm and proud of Spangle. Like I don't know if you've said anything in public with some of the stuff he sent on Snapchat from this weekend, but it's really a lot of cool stuff that he's been working on, and I can't wait because he's using a piece of software that I'm very knowledgeable about and that he wants to use it to make things better, which I'm like all about. And I'm all super about getting rid of this stupid Mevo camera too. I'm all about that. Yeah, it died like three times, so I apologize to the live stream. Yeah, uh, it's it's uh, uh, good news. The apartment complex is supposed to upgrade the internet here and be faster. So that might save me $100 a month on, on internet bills. So I told you to threaten to move. They don't want to lose deal leader. Well, I don't know about that, but I had somebody who was ready to move here, and uh, yeah, I got cut off because YouTube heard us talking shit. I had a friend who was ready to move here, and then they found out the internet speeds, and they didn't sign the lease. Like, they had the lease printed, and they wouldn't sign it. Because she asked me what the internet speeds, and I said, and I lost out on $300 referral fee. Mm. Mm. So well, I was trying to get you to move up to you know my side of town where we where you can get two gig speed. I'm not moving. You want two gigs? Oh, I'm I'm I'm. We got two here. gigs in my neighborhood, man. We got two gigs. Uh, okay. So final final thing for this, just to wrap up the social stuff. I, I I'm done with politics on Facebook unless it's in the group or on the page. Like I'm only yep. gonna post political stuff if it's on the We Are Libertarians or Wall Politics page or in the group, uh, the Facebook groups. But as far as my personal, I just don't think that it is it is worthwhile. You see all these uh, studies that say it doesn't work, and it's just annoying your friends and family, and they're right, and I've known that. But you know, you spend all this time trying to like think out what you're trying to say and write it out, and then someone takes. A, a second or two comments with whatever bias hunting they were doing, and it's just so frustrating. And I don't know, I hadn't really sat down and thought about it yet, but then I was listening to this podcast. Uh, the Atlantic Interview is a really good podcast, uh, and they were talking to Tahanisha Coates, obviously somebody that uh, I couldn't disagree with 
more often, but uh, I've I was listening to it just because I I wanted to kind of know what he was about, which is like full reparations, like okay, yeah. But anyways, he at the end, uh, I I didn't realize he wasn't on social media at all, and he kind of articulated my thoughts on it. And this is like I I just was like oh, I gotta share this. This is really good. Uh, here's a question that's probably from Jack Dorsey. Um, will you ever come back to Twitter and or other social channels? <laughs> no. Nah. It's actually from somebody else, not Jack. Dorsey. Okay. No. Um, what do you mean? No, no? No, never. Never say never. No, I'm saying never. Really? Yeah. I mean, this is on the record. Yeah, I'll never. I'll never do that again. No, why? Talk about it. Um, I think it goes back to what we were talking about before, like this idea of, um, first of all, I had fun on Twitter. It was very fun. It's a lot of fun. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, and I, I miss it. I wish I could beat it. I really do. Um, but I think part of maturity is understanding what is good for you and what is not good for you. And I don't think it was good for me. I am not making a, um, declaration about Twitter that I think holds true for all other Twitter users. I'm talking about me. Um, I'm a person that's, you know, sort of slow, as I said, that likes the nuance of things, that likes books, you know, that likes, you know, the space and the time to think that, you know, um, enjoys slowing things down, you know, a little bit that, you know, writes things that I think um, or tries to write things you think Twitter is bad for you or bad for society or both? I'm hesitant to say it's bad for society. I think it's bad for me. And I suspect that it's bad for writers like me. In other words, writers who do what I do, I think it's probably not good for them. Um, it's not good. Like one of the, it's not good to be able to have an opinion. For someone like me, someone like me, who already has a voice, who already has a platform, um, it's not good for me to be able to just immediately vent whatever opinion I had while I was drinking coffee that morning with my wife. That's not good. What do I know? Have I thought about it? Have I batted around back and forth? Have I read about it? But you're you a know? guy, you're a guy who when you were much less famous, you were blogging and your method of blogging was to take people inside your mind and mm -hmm. say, this is what I'm thinking about right now. Mm -hmm. I don't know the answers that that doesn't have any appeal anymore. Yeah, but I had a really controlled check on that, and that was my, my comment section, um, which was a really curated group of people who could push back and forth and go, you know, all different ways. And sometimes I could highlight their opinions and say, you know, I thought this yesterday, but X, Y, and Z person said this. You know, in Twitter, you know, you're, you're, you're in a situation where, like, not only can you not see the person, you don't have any established relationship with the person. Um, communication, I think, I think, again, you know, I'm hesitant to make grand pronouncements, but I think it's really, really based on there has to be some shared something. You know, um, I think anonymity is probably bad in terms of the things people will say to each other. Um, I think that's the first thing. And then I think, you know, even within anonymity, there can be, you know, some sort of relationship, the lack of real relationship, I think the things, you know, sometimes people say that they would not say if they were sitting next to each other. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's tough. I mean, whatever I write in my articles, you know what I mean? Um, I have no problem saying, you know, to people, you know what I mean? If I wrote something about, you know, President Obama when he was, 
you know, in office, you know, and I had to go into a room and I had no problem talking to her. I had no problem repeating it at all. You know, um, a little nervous about it, but I could do it. <laughs> you know, I could do it. You know what I mean? Um, when you start like singing things, you know, about people, call it in a way that you know if y'all were sitting next to each other, you just wouldn't do it. You just wouldn't do it. I, I, I don't know. And I think maybe the platform lends itself to people doing that. Now, maybe there are people with better control, you know, X, Y, mm-hmm. and Z. You know, um, somebody like me shouldn't be. I shouldn't be there. I shouldn't be in that room. So I thought that was really interesting. I, um, when it really became clear over the last month, month and a half, that they were really starting to censor uh, conservatives and, to a lesser extent, libertarians, that was like, whoa, okay. And that that started to get me uh, thinking a little bit about these platforms and smartphones. I read a book... um, called Bored and Brilliant, which was really, really good. Uh, and that that was January, February when I read that. That got me thinking about my use of smartphone, smart, uh, my smartphone and, and social media. And so I've just been thinking about my relationship to these platforms and to these devices. And uh, so, and that clip in particular kind of articulated and gave me permission to do something that I've been thinking about. Because, you know, as a content publisher who publishes political thoughts, I spend hours prepping for the show and reading and thinking about what we're going to talk about and what segments I want to craft. And I put a lot of time and effort into it. And, like, I have a platform. And, like, this is where my thoughts should live. Like, they don't need to be on Twitter and Facebook and all these other places all the time. They should be on my website and on my podcast for my benefit and for your benefit. And there shouldn't be 20 different places that you should go. And so I just posted I posted this clip, actually. Uh, li- no engagement, by the way. Like, four people liked it, which is very rare for one of my Facebook posts. Uh, so probably didn't get shown to a lot of people. And I just said, I'm not posting my political opinion here. If you want it, go to the, go to the podcast. Like, if you like it. Uh, I, I'm, you know, so I've just been posting cat photos and memes and that's what Facebook can, uh, is going to get. Twitter's different. I think it's funny to like put jokes up. Mm-hmm. It's a good place to put up like little jokes, but it's not, not necessarily to have like conversations. The other, uh, there's a guy, uh, he wrote a book called how to think. I think it's, it's not Alan Jacobs. I don't think, uh, it's over there, but, um, so far away. Yeah, he's he's really a great writer. Uh, I came across him 10, 15 years ago, uh, and he is a computer. It's What is his name? Uh, Alan Jacobs. And he's written The Pleasures of Reading in the Age of Distraction and How to Think. And on his blog, he's got this, you know, like, I'm a writer. I've got to slow it down. Uh, so when I stumbled across that about a month or two ago, it's just like, you know what? I do. I need to slow down. I need to give more thought to what I say because the letters that I get from people says, oh, you guys are paying attention to me, <laughs> you know, and you go, there's some responsibility here. When you are shaping opinion, you have a responsibility to do your homework. And I think everybody listening, I don't think it's just me. I think everybody listening to this, you're probably the political friend in your circle 
uh, and people have questions and they come to you and they ask questions and you should give things a lot of thought and research them and speak from a place of knowledge and not speak from a place of bluster. And I think social media in terms of political discussions doesn't do anything but encourage devolved thought. Now, I think it's great for connecting people of like minds on hobbies and friends and family. And, you know, I have, you know, I've met girlfriends on there. I've kept in touch with people that I went to high school that I liked. I've re, you know, like it's great for those things. So it's not all bad. But I think in terms of adding to public discourse, it's probably not the appropriate form, especially for me. So I've just decided I'm not going to talk politics on Facebook anymore, on my personal page, and I'm just going to put it in the Facebook group. And eventually that's going to go to the email or the websites and here, and that's it. Um, Just so I can slow down and kind of take my time and and think about what I say before I say it. Uh, And I, you know, I'm not trying to tell you how to live, but I think just thinking about it over the last couple months, it's like, makes a lot of sense. And Tahanesha Coates, in that, who's a writer and, and an Atlantic columnist, I went, okay, I'm not the only one who has this thought, and that's a really good blueprint. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. I think it makes total sense. Yeah. I think you can lose an hour in, a de- in some debates from doing that. Oh, God, and, yeah. Yeah. And, it's, yeah. and you're right, because a lot of these um, people, which I'm with you, and get frustrated because you'll try to type out arguments so quickly, and they'll like try to dismiss your arguments because you spelled a word word wrong, right? All those other different things, but and then you're you're right. It doesn't it, typing like that doesn't do good for critical thinking because you're thinking because it, it's going so fast. It's so fast. Part of what he said was part of maturity is knowing what isn't good for you. Yep, that's what convicted. That's when I went. Oh, shit. <laughs> the other thing is, like, you have to understand the people in Silicon Valley that helped develop a lot of these smartphone technologies and talked about smartphones and pushed them onto us, they don't have them anymore. Yeah. They don't have smartphones. They're not on Facebook. I, I'm going to... They've walked away. Anonymous uh, put up a video where they cut together uh, Sean Parker, who helped start Facebook, and I'm not even going to try and pronounce this dude's name. Mm-hmm. Um but he was the guy responsible for getting subscribers to stay on the platform. And you've probably seen his comments, but they basically cut together their two uh, statements. And it was really like, we socially engineered this and it's horrible for you. And like, I'm going to put, I'm going to just download the audio and put it at the end of this so you can hear it and listen to it for yourself or you can go watch the video. Um, it, it, it is called. Uh, anonymous. This will change everything you know. Uh, and it's really, yeah. yeah. You, you you watch that and you go, I've got to get away from this. Mm-hmm. And come to Discord. Hopefully one today we'll get our own IRC channel on. It'll How about you awesome. see people in person? How about you go meet friends in person? Yeah, you come to Liberty Chill on Friday. Come there see us at Triton. You know, Come hang out. Have a pint. Um, have soda. Have some food. Have some good food with us. Hang out with us. You know, that's the more other thing. Just trying to get people out to hang out in IRO meet space and hang out with people. I'm sitting yeah. there talking with Reinhold, and he's talking about trying to get his car up and running. And I'm like, dude, you know, like we all come to Liberty and Chill. We're not the best. I know, I know, I work on cars. I don't know if anyone else does, but I'm sure a lot of the guys can turn a wrench and wouldn't mind just hang, just hanging out. Like, hey, I, you know, I don't know anything about this car, but a lot of guys just love just 
being in a garage and asking questions. And since it's not like you're not trying to do it for a competition, just trying to get a car going, it's a lot of fun. Right. You know? And that's honestly how I learned out about cars. I hung out in the garage with my cousin and stared at him. Like, what the heck is this? <laughs> you know? Because I was, like I said, I'm a huge man. I'm a computer guy, not a car guy. But yeah. Hang out, meet space, meet people, have fun in your community, just have fun, meet, talk with people, be more real with people. Politics is what happened. You guys met with each other, find out other hobbies you got, and, you know, help the community spread. It's more fun this way. So I just got kind of lost in Facebook, ironically. Uh, well, I was looking for this this thing to play. And I realized that I have 5,000 friends, so I need to delete people. So for the last couple of years, to add new people, I've got to make room. So I go to the birthdays, and I delete a boomer. Got two today. So you, you, know, you know what they get for their birthday? <laughs> Deleted. Boomers. Uh, all know. right, let's start just, wrapping up. It's like when I talked to Reinhold, he's like, I'm a few years from a boomer, but Gen X is like, oh, I was getting ready to ban you. <laughs> 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 That's funny. Uh, wrap it up. Um, so on Loki Wall, we'll probably take some of these things over there and talk about. But Loki Wall tomorrow, we're gonna. T- I'm gonna go through some of these now. This um, gun, stupid gun nut videos that they, or these gun propaganda videos that they pushed out over the weekend for this uh, March. Um, I bet I'm that not, is annoying. They are so annoying, and I just want to sit there and make fun of them. I want to drink whiskey and make fun of them. Come have fun with us. We'll make fun of the videos together. And if you've got other videos, cool. Post them after we get done with ours. We'll see yours, and we'll make fun of those, too. Um, also, um, from this talk from here, I also want to bring up some of the Friendica stuff and really talk about, like, you know, other solutions. Because if you're going to leave Facebook or leave other social networks, let's do this correctly. Let's do it for a system that's encrypted, decentralized, you know, so we don't you don't fall for the same trap again. Yeah. It, 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 and it's better. Because there's plenty of people going... Uh, people are going to be hungry for anything. Push your shit out there. Right. Yeah. So let's push a decentralized solution, you know, that's out there that people can own. You can own your stuff. You can't, don't have to worry about anyone else. Grant says, uh, now this is funded by Soros. Not surprised. Oh, I'm not surprised about that either. But it's, you know, and it's, yeah, like I said, we're going to talk about this video. I don't want to go too much into it because it is a lot of fun. Um, the other thing, let's see, I'm trying to try to think. Uh, is anything that I missed going through my notes? And I think I got everything because you know, with the other Count Dankula stuff, I meant, wanted to make sure we got the Count Dankula. I know he's been on the schedule for a couple weeks. Yeah, but, good, uh, good old Count Dankula. But yeah, um, yep. got the Jews, <laughs> got the Jews. <laughs> yeah, Silly. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, so come to the Discord. Come hang out with us. Whether you have PC ga- a PC gaming master race, which we really want you if you're that, but we'll also take you console peasants and your um, and the lesser mobile device game players. You know who you are. Um, oh, uh, Grant says that was a joke, not the truth. What? I take things literally, Grant. Uh, now this is not funded by Soros. Oh, okay. oh yeah. <laughs> Dang it. Dang it. Just using a joke is not a magic wand. Banned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lost my th- uh, uh, rap I- baskets. Oh uh, yeah, well, and we'll take a come, come hang out in the Discord. We're gonna have some more fun out here. And um, I really, like I said, if you want to hang out with me, hey, I only talk politics when I'm gaming at 3 a.m. after I've been drinking all day. So 
Yeah, um, and so, here. Yeah, that's that's or yeah on on the podcast because I also know it, um, if I debate it too many too, too many places, man, I lose the thunder for this. Uh, honestly, I'm just I'm worn out from arguing with idiots. Yeah, like, I, oh just, yeah, that too. It's, 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 Uninformed it's like, idiots. It's literally like that. That's what it was when I saw that when I, when I heard him say maturity's knowing what's not good for you. I know Facebook isn't good for me. I know this. Sh- like getting pissed off. I blocked somebody today. Because it's like I'm trying to make this point about domestic violence, and then he starts talking about Islam and Sharia law, and I'm just like, goodbye, you know. And then it irritated me yep. for five minutes, and then it was just like, why am I doing this? Yeah, that's and the, the point. Yeah, and nobody's the, learning anything. Mm-hmm. I'm not learning anything. He's not learning anything. People watching aren't learning anything. It's a waste of time. Yep. And he's probably spent the last uh, three hours to talk about he's censoring me, censoring my speech. Sure. Or look, aha, internet arguments won. Right. Yeah, got a little. <laughs> All right. Thanks for joining us here on this episode of We Are Libertarians. Check out Loki Wall tomorrow on Twitch. You can hear that in the Patreon subscriber feed. There's a private RSS feed with HD quality audio. It is unedited, and you get it a day early. So check out the subscriber feed at wearelibertarians.com, and uh, we will see you in the coming days. I don't know. Uh, when the interview with um, the Minds.com co-founder Bill Owens, I believe it is, will come out. But they're building a new social network, algorithm-free, essentially. 100% of your posts will be seen by 100% of your friends. It's uh, They're using blockchain to help fund it. So really interesting conversation. So that'll be the next episode. So please check that out. And until then, we'll see you uh, on episode 277. You know, and it's, it's me, it's Mark, it's the, you know, Kevin Systrom and Instagram, it's all of these people um, understood this consciously, and we did it anyway. That culture is missing here. So part of what we're trying to do to achieve those goals is, like, take really big, audacious points of view on the world and then train ourselves to be patient. And it's really, really hard. The entire society is set up to not be patient anymore. Consumer internet businesses are about exploiting psychology. And that is one where you want to fail fast because, you know, people are unpredictable. And so we want to psychologically figure out how to manipulate you as fast as possible and then give you back that dopamine hit. We did that brilliantly at Facebook. Instagram has done it. WhatsApp has done it. You know, Snapchat has done it. Twitter has done it. So there are great examples. WeChat is doing it. There are great examples of... Failing fast is the right path to exploiting psychology of mass populations of people. I feel tremendous guilt. Um, I, think we, I think we all knew in the back of our minds, even though we feigned this whole line of like, there probably aren't any really bad unintended consequences. I think in the back, deep, deep recesses of our minds, we, we kind of knew something bad could happen. But I think the way we defined it was not like this. Turn it off. That's what I would say. It's, it's, it's hard for young people now because they're hooked. They're addicted. If you don't think you're addicted, and I'm talking about anyone, from the highest to the lowest, if you don't think you're addicted, then see if you can turn it off for a week. It got quiet in here, didn't it? <laughs> didn't it get real quiet? It's a tool. So we should use it. God has blessed us with free will. 
Now it's free will magnified, free will on steroids. You're free to go in any direction you want. It will allow you, and it's not the enemy. It's just a, it's, it's just a reflection of our own free will. Oh, and, and we all want to be liked. But now we want to be liked by 16 million. And will now some of us do anything to be liked? We, we used to do anything to be liked, but it was the, by the person in front of you. Now it's to be liked by 16 million people that you don't know. We have to ask ourselves, what is the long-term, if not too, the short-term effect of too much information? So the context was I, was, I was at Stanford, and the dean asked me to speak to the, the MBA students. And in it, what I was talking about was, the question was, you know, what do you think the uh, long-term effects of social media in general are? And unfortunately, what happened was, I think it's easy to characterize what I said just as a Facebook-specific thing, because I worked there, and I was a key part of growing it. The, the, the reality of what well, I was... Explain what you said at the time. So about what I said Facebook. was, I think the tools that have been created today are starting to erode the social fabric of how society works. And what I meant by that is the following thing. Today we live in a world now where it is easy to confuse truth and popularity. And you can use money to amplify whatever you believe and get people to believe that what is popular is now truthful and what is not popular may not be truthful. You know, Joe and I, for example, we've been on the other side of climate for a long time, right? right? And the reality is now I can take money and I can use that through all of these social media systems that exist to hundreds of millions of people and I can convince all of Joe's friends and everybody like him of my opinion in very subtle and small ways. And he can do the same to me. We can do that about vaccines. We can do that about gay rights. We can do that about bathroom laws. We can do that about Roy Moore. And so I think the question we have to ask ourselves is how do we live in a world where this is now possible? And so it was about that, but just so I understand, was it because I read and watched parts of what you were talking about. Part of it seemed to me about the ability to pay to manipulate people's thoughts. The other seemed to me to be this sort of ADD society with which the sort of liking well, so and everything else has created this sort of feedback loop that you, that you compared to drugs. We know for a fact that what all of these systems do, every single one, is it exploits our own natural tendencies in human beings to get and want feedback. And that feedback, chemically speaking, is the release of dopamine in your brain. And so what these feedback loops do, and they exist everywhere, in Call of Duty, in other video games, in social networking sites, they get you to react. When Facebook was getting going, I had these people who would come up to me um, and they would say, you know, I'm not on social media. And I would say, okay, you know, you will be. And then they would say, they would say, no, 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 no. I value my real life interactions. I value the moment. I value presence and I value intimacy. And I would say, well, you're a conscientious objector. That's okay. You don't have to participate, but you know, we'll get you eventually. <clears throat> and, and, and like, I don't know if I really understood the consequences of what I was saying. <laughs> because it, the, un, the unintended consequences of, 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 a, of a network when it grows to a billion or two billion people, and it, and it, begin, and it, it literally changes your relationship with society, with each other, with 
you know, it, 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 it probably interferes with productivity in weird ways. It, God only knows what it's doing to, to our children's brains. You know, if the, if the thought process that went into building these applications, Facebook being the first of them to really understand it, that thought process was all about how do we consume as much of your time and conscious attention as possible. And that means that we need to sort of give you a little dopamine hit every once in a while um, because someone liked or commented on a photo or a post or whatever. And that's going to get you to contribute more content and that's going to get you, you know, more likes and comments. I mean, it's, a, it's, a val it's a social validation feedback loop that, that it's like a, I mean, it's exactly the kind of thing that a, that a hacker like myself would come up with because you're exploiting a vulnerability in, in human psychology. It literally is a point now where I think we have created tools that are ripping apart the social fabric of how society works. That is truly where we are. And I would encourage all of you as the future leaders of the world to really internalize how important this is. If you feed the beast, that beast will destroy you. If you push back on it, we have a chance to control it and rein it in. And it is a point in time where people need to hard break from some of these tools and the things that you rely on. The short-term dopamine-driven feedback loops that we have created are destroying how society works. No civil discourse, no cooperation, misinformation, mistruth. And it's not an American problem. This is not about Russian ads. This is a global problem. So we are in a really bad state of affairs right now, in my opinion. It is, it is eroding the core foundations of how people behave by and between each other. Um, and I don't have a good solution. You know, my solution is I just don't use these tools anymore. I haven't for years. It's created huge tension with my friends, huge tensions in my social circles. Um, if you look at, like, you know, my Facebook feed, I probably haven't, I've posted maybe two times in seven years, three times, five times. Like, just, it's less than ten. Um, and it's weird. I guess I kind of just innately didn't want to get programmed, and so I just turned, tuned it out but I didn't confront it. And now to see what's happening, it's really, it really, it really bums me out. Like think about, like there were these examples where um, there was a hoax in WhatsApp where um, in some like village in India, um, people were like afraid that their kids were gonna get kidnapped, etc. And then there were these lynchings that happened as a result where people were like vigilante running around, they think they found the person, and they, I mean, I mean, seriously? Like, that's what we're dealing with. You know, Im imagine like when you take that to the extreme, where, you know, bad actors can now manipulate large swaths of people to do anything you want. It's just a, it's a really, really bad state of affairs. And we compound the problem, right? We curate our lives around this perceived sense of perfection because we get rewarded in these short-term signals, hearts, likes, thumbs up, and we conflate that with value and we conflate it with truth. And instead, what it really is is fake, brittle popularity. 
that's short-term, and that leaves you even more, and admit it, vacant and empty before you did it. Because then it forces you into this vicious cycle where you're like, what's the next thing I need to do now? Because I need it back. Think about that compounded by two billion people. And then think about how people react then to the perceptions of others. It's just a, it's a really bad. So you're training your brain here, whether you think it or not, whether you know it or not, whether you acknowledge it or not. Acknowledge that these things where you're spending hours a day are rewiring your psychology and physiology in a way that now you have to use to go and figure out how to be productive in the commercial world. So if you don't change this, you are going to get the same behaviors over here. Change this. There's a reason why Steve Jobs was like anti-social media. I am telling you I'm not on these fucking apps. I'm not him by any stretch of the imagination. But I am proactively trying to rewire my brain chemistry to not be short-term focused. I'm telling you they're linked. And I think that if you get too desensitized and you need it over and over and over again, then you become actually detached from the world in which you live. You become callous, you become crude. And you live in front of your screen. But, but Shamath, let me ask you this, because the, the thing that I've been so concerned about is Facebook just announcing that you're going to be having some app that you can use when you're 7 to 13. I mean, it's one thing for us to be doing this, but to be hooking your kids on something that you're describing as a dopamine fix at so, that age, that's crazy. So look, I think in the case of Facebook specifically, I think they have probably done more than any other company, quite honestly, to try to fix it because of all of the companies, and I've seen them all up close, they're the most, frankly, to be very blunt and honest, the best run and the most technically sophisticated. But they're, and, also, they're also emailing me if I haven't logged onto Facebook for a while saying, hey, did you see the post from so-and-so? Did you see the post from so-and-so? Trying to lure you back in. And again, we can make those decisions as adults, yeah. but as, as children, that is a different... Well, I think the product, and I don't know it quite honestly in as much detail as I should, but I think the way that that product works because of privacy laws in the United States, you actually have to get parental permission. The point, though, is, and what you're bringing up, is, I think, is the most important thing. We all have never taken a step back and actually asked ourselves... How should we be interacting with these things now, seven years into it? And what should we be expecting of the Internet at large? Look, the reality may be the entire business model of the Internet may be fundamentally somewhat broken, right? Because we allow ourselves to get interacted with in ways where we don't necessarily control the medium or the messenger. And we are not putting up any barriers to ever give yourself any downtime from that either. Exactly. And so it may mean that we all collectively need to figure out, not just individuals, but also the companies, also governments, quite honestly, how different business models need to exist so that we can actually divorce ourselves from how this stuff is working. So what goes on? Tonight here, a warning about Facebook and what some believe it's doing to kids. The warning comes from two of the company's earliest executives. Carter Evans is following this. We kind of knew something bad could happen. Chumath Palihapitiya, a former Facebook executive once in charge of user growth, now says he has tremendous guilt about the social network he helped build. We have created tools that are ripping apart the social fabric of how society works. And it's influencing the next generation. Studies show 92% of teens go online daily, and one in five young people regularly wake up in the night to send or check messages on social media. People need to hard break from some of these tools and the things that you rely on. The short-term dopamine-driven feedback loops that we have created are destroying how society works. No civil discourse, 
No cooperation, misinformation, mistruth. Bad actors can now manipulate large swaths of people to do anything you want. He's not the only social media executive blowing the whistle. Former Facebook president Sean Parker recently said the initial goal was to get people hooked. You're exploiting a vulnerability in, in human psychology. The inventors, creators understood this consciously and we did it anyway. We have to hold the tech industry accountable. Jim Steyer is founder of Common Sense Media. They in many cases have ignored the consequences, some of the downsides of some of the innovations they brought to our society. You don't realize it, but you are being programmed. It was unintentional, but now you gotta decide how much you're willing to give up. When Facebook was getting going, I had these people who would come up to me um, and they would say, you know, I'm not on social media. And I would say, okay, you know, you will be. Thank you for listening to the We Are Libertarians Network. Get our other shows at wearelibertarians.com.